Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast, the podcast where we review 80s sitcoms and their theme songs. So before we begin today's show, my name is Juice and I'm joined by my co-host Leo. I just wanted to say, Leo, thank you for being a friend. Hey man, Travel down the road yeah. and back again. Yeah, my heart is true. You're, you're a pal and a confidant. And a confidant, yeah, yeah. as it were. <laughs> hey bro, can I also tell you something? If you threw a party and invited literally everyone you knew, everyone, everyone, you well, would see the biggest gift would, would be, be from me. You? It would be. And the card attached to it, do you know what it would say? Thank you for Thank being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. I couldn't remember if that's how it ended. <laughs> Thank you. Rhino's probably texting me right now. Rhino is a big Golden Girls fan. And I like I'm a big a Golden Girls fan. Are you it's kidding such, me? Dude, no, it's amazing. That show is good. That show is fucking good. I've seen a few episodes. I love it, but I like I remember I was driving. I think I was driving up to see you actually. Rhino has a a, a <sighs> gift of like calling me when I'm on the road because that's usually the only time I could talk on the phone. Otherwise, I don't like talking on the phone. But I like talking yeah. on the phone to Rhino because he's good at talking on the phone. Some people are just not. And like if I'm not and they're not, it's not good. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. But I was talking to Rhino and he, he some, somehow Golden Girls came up and he was like, You can tell if someone is a Golden Girls fan. He was like, Isn't wasn't there like a songwriting contest of like uh miami in one episode yeah yeah he was like i know that fucking song he's like if someone is a real fan they know that song or something yeah like it's that. like miami miami i can't remember it's like like a little show tuny but the reason why that show is so good um it's just it's just like a really well-structured sitcom uh yeah all the ladies on it are really funny they're all, all their characters are really well thought out and that's what's so interesting about it being about older women that's would you say so, you're more of a rose or i mean i'm probably close i'm probably closest to i'm probably closest to uh why why am i drawing a blank on her name um the arthur's character I'm, yeah i'm, I'm yeah. probably closer to dorothy yeah um probably <laughs> closest to dorothy um but uh, dude, yeah, I mean, like if you watch that show, like the jokes in there are pretty fucking good. So that's what makes it that's what makes it so weird is that it's about older ladies, but the jokes are really well done and set up very well. And yeah. it does have to do with age, but it's well kind of like peak writing for sitcoms. Yeah, probably for like sitcoms. Yeah, era. yeah, yeah. All the like they're influenced by the shows like that started it from the 70s that like Golden Girls was like, yeah, fuck, like we can take any we can right. take any subject matter put these people in it if the actors are good if the writing is good people are going to sit down and watch this fucking shit and it was good um so anyways i was this is that- not a golden girls podcast it's this not, is a fucking ufc <laughs> podcast and let's talk about how amazing those fucking well sorry let's talk about how amazing the fucking prelims were 
We're actually yeah, going to do something exactly. different today. We're only going to review the prelims. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I told Leo the prelims were so good. And Leo was like, he couldn't watch the main card live. He obviously caught up after the fact, but I was like, bro, if the main card sucks, we're just going to review these fucking prelims. Yeah. They were fucking really No, fucking they were. Good. Yeah, they were bangers. But uh, it's still my... suffers from that um, symptom we talked about last week. Like, and I think I talked about this with, with Fernanda as well. Or no, no, she talked about it on the episode before with Zane Simon. I should I should say at the top of the show, if you haven't listened to my episode on Best Camp of My Life, just fix that because it's different now. You're now listening to a podcast where one of the hosts has been on the best MMA show that's out there. So Yeah, and that's uh and that's me. I was yeah. on a podcast uh well, like three years ago. Um oh mixed martial opinions. Yeah, uh <laughs> and that was that was a great time for that me. That was peak. MMA that was podcasting. peak. peak uh, yeah. Someone <laughs> who didn't care and someone who cares a lot. Oh uh, uh, so, man. But I wanted to talk about, well, uh, we're going to review these prelims. Um, oh, what I was going to say is it suffered from the symptom of like, it, you can say the card is weak on paper and then the fight's delivered. Yeah. It doesn't change your opinion before. It still is a weak card on paper. Like that 100%. didn't change based on the fact that these fights were fire. That said, pure violence, entertainment, like this, these fights delivered. Yeah, in, um, in, all, in all ways. Um, t- last night was a good example. Uh, was it like, it, you know, we always talk about it's a UFC. It doesn't make any sense. Last yeah. night was the perfect example of it. And, and there were, I mean... We'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the main card, but um, there was just like, you know, scrambles, submissions, knockouts, uh, you know, like all, everything that everything they you the could game. ask for. Yeah, they covered everything that you could ask for in a UFC fight um, fight card. And yeah, I can't you can't be you can't be upset about last night's card. It, it was free. And yeah. if it was uh, a pay-per-view, people would have been like, I'm not paying for that. And then they would have heard about all the violence and they're like, oh, I should have paid for that. I mean, I wouldn't have ever paid, but yeah. Oh, I should have streamed that. <laughs> hey, remember that time that uh, like two like a week ago or two weeks ago that Michael Bisping said that he illegally streamed uh, the one of the UFCs like just recently. He said, I thought it was maybe about the, one of the trailer fights or something. He actually said that. Cause I missed no. it. No, he did. He definitely did. I can't remember where it was, but he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm sorry, Dan. I, I had to like something about how like he was in like a certain part of the country or something like that. And he's like, I couldn't get it. So I had to stream. I'm sorry, Dana. One weird that he would say that. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's just so good. Like he's season three ultimate fighter winner. Like he's done a lot for the company as a fighter. And then now as a broadcaster. A ton. Yeah, he can illegally stream if he yeah, wants he can probably to. But what I was going to say is remember when the UFC first switched to being exclusively on ESPN for the pay-per-view. Like you couldn't order mm-hmm. it from your remote on direct TV yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to say it was UFC 236. Um, that was also the first time you and I had streamed if I'm remembering correctly. Cause I, w- I went to the bar and watched it and I was like, this sucks. I'm going home, streamed the rest of it on my phone. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, that was the first episode of uh, FWM. Fun fact. Wow. Uh, fucking a, but that that was the they were exclusively on ESPN the pay per view. They'd already mm-hmm. debuted on ESPN TV. Um, fucking, e- uh, I was listening to Believe You Me Bisping's podcast the next day or or whenever they debuted. He was like, for some reason it wasn't working. I was messaging Kevin Ayole. He was giving <laughs> me a street. He was like, no, Michael, you just go on here and you put in the code and then and, and he was like, but my son found a. Uh, 
little website where like he was like, <laughs> a bunch of like basically saying he streamed. I was like, yeah, dude, this I mean, means a fucking do? man of the people. You know, you you see almost you. Uh, it's supposed to be a flawless design. You pay seventy, sixty to seventy dollars for it. You see every every UFC pay per view card. You every time on Twitter, you always see someone saying, "Is anybody else's stream fucking up, or is it just mine?" It's like, "Hey man, I paid way too much for this fucking stream to be fucking up on me." So yeah, you know what? I was just gonna say about that. Uh, I've paid for a fair amount of the pay-per-views. I've also streamed some. Uh, usually if I don't pay, I, I like to go to the bar, although that's been only a recent thing because of the pandemic kind of calming down a little bit. Not mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's it called? I've never had, whenever I paid for a pay-per-view, never had a problem. I've had a problem with streams being wonky, like the backdoor streams or whatever. Oh, the backdoor streams are always wonky. And that's just <laughs> with, I, I accept that with the territory. Right. But when well, I pay, most people it be, better be flawless. Yeah, well, most people are like, hey, ESPN. I see them like rage tweeting and they're like tagging ESPN, tagging the app and the UFC. They're like, uh, why is this product that I paid for not as good as this free one that I'm illegally streaming? Like they'll literally say that. I'm like, hey, man. Maybe don't tell on yourself a little bit. I have it on two screens. I bought it and I also illegally streamed it. What's going on? I remember quick tangent where we're like so on so many tangents right now. We're on the um, most tangents. So let's keep going. I, I'm a, a regular listener now of the Coleman Event Podcast. Um, and Ben folks, was like, they have a segment uh, that I have two segments and I can't remember which uh, this one was on. They have two segments that are it's like, you fucking kidding me? so they'll like say a bit of anime news and at the end they go like you fucking kidding me with this and then there are uh, another one that's called just saying stuff i have a feeling it was the uh, first one but they were talking about uh, hector lombard and tyron woodley <laughs> like hector confronted tyron at the bkfc event where hector's a fighter tyron was like there as a fan or whatever oh yeah and he was saying how he like like slept with his side chick yeah <laughs> yeah I saw ben that. was like reading it and, and he said something that the the tone made me laugh so hard he was like well that part is like maybe we're telling ourselves a little bit there it's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah definitely he was saying way too much uh, uh that said let's that get into said, that that tangent being said um let's keep going with these other tangents uh no uh um so my my pick let's go in order um yeah mine was the first fight of the night so well (laughs) it was what do you mean it was (laughs) you said that you were gonna pick the other one oh well i do want to talk about the kelleher fight basically the kelleher fight was amazing to me he mostly took him down but it was still exciting uh but i for for both the first fight and the kelleher fight i want to talk about basically the post fight interview that was my favorite fucking bar so i don't really like the first fight was super quick the the rear naked joke um I don't always like when, when guys don't tap because I feel like it's not necessarily displaying good technique. Like you should kind of respect the position, or whatever. But sometimes it's nice. Like like he was referencing in the interview, he was like, Those Russians are tough, man. I knew he wasn't gonna tap, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, I think I think he had uh uh I think that guy had tapped before, before. they were saying he, like, he, he tapped in yeah, and he was yeah. like he was like, Oh, I was done, but whatever. He was like, Yeah, I knew these Russians are tough that he would come to fight. They, he brought it, but, but then uh, Ramiz Brahimov uh, fucking took him down and 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 got the rear naked joke. It was so nice, but the fucking post fight interview, dude. Uh, DC is asking him like, "What are you gonna do next?" or something, and he was like, "Yeah, maybe see my mom, maybe see family." 
maybe open up a well in a third world country. I don't know. Said that so offhandedly. First of all, like awesome if he does that, but like maybe plan for that. (laughs) Maybe don't say that as like, like maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Definitely plan for that. And I was thinking like uh, the fighters that have done that before, like Justin, um, God, what is his name? Justin Wren. I was going to say Justin Wells because of the Wells, Mm -hmm. but just Justin Wren who started the whole thing of the fight for the forgotten and they're bidding wells, wells for the pygmies. Um, he has been around and has accrued a lot, but he's also like donating a lot of time and then setting it up. He even apparently speaks like broken Swahili. Like he's there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Poirier and Habib are the only fighters. I know. Well, I think Chris Cyborg as well, but again, these are all like high profile, well-paid fighters that donate money and, and, and time. I think this guy just debuted on the early prelims curtain jerker first fight of the night. What are you donating, bro? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Like are, that takes a lot of money. What are you donating, bro? Time? Zero. Cause that would be awesome. Like do that. Probably. Um, yeah i would i mean maybe but like the way he said it was just like yeah maybe i'll take a vacation maybe i'll hang with my mom maybe i'll open up a well the world's my oyster yeah (laughs) okay that's a weird fucking oyster dude um but go ahead with your fight and then i'll get to the killer one uh yeah so mine obviously i mean god the roosevelt roberts one and uh ignacio bahamondes guys talk about first of all good fight in general like uh, you know, I, I thought uh, Bahamondes really had him on the uh, on the fence a good amount of times. Roosevelt Roberts towards the second round started to gas a little bit, um, but I thought I thought it looked it looked a little bit back and forth up until the middle of the second round, and then Ignacio just kind of like took over, and as they say in MMA. Don't fucking blink because a goddamn spinning wheel kick will come out of the goddamn TV 10 seconds before the damn fight clicks. It's like it was four minutes, 55. It's like he it's like he heard the clapper. and was like, I guess it's time to wheel kick. I got to set it up. Here we go. Um, Yeah, because I think no, because I'm pretty sure I heard the clacker and there were no other hits other than that one after that. (laughs) Like he was just like moving around, moving. And then he just set up the wheel kick lands. Perfectly flush. Shades. It of, made uh, me. Barbosa Adam, the famous. Barbosa yeah, it made me. Knockout. It made me go on a Twitter rampage last night. Uh, and by rampage, I mean I was just like, I mean like for I'm you, already, you I'm like... already the funniest person ever around anywhere. But uh, but it just made my hilarity just skyrocket. Than it like more than it ever has before. And I was just tweeting bangers after bangers after three yeah. of them you in were a making row. Memes, and that dude. was and that was a lot. And that was a lot for me, guys. Like a, a fucking lot. lot. But anyway, I was so proud of you. But it um uh it was I mean, it was um it was amazing. It just kind of sent me on this like little Twitter, like I gotta win Twitter today. And I think uh getting 64 likes for someone who doesn't have that many followers is Pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Uh, So, you know, you have what a couple hundred. So that's like more than 25% of your. Yeah. You know what? Logistics, whatever. My fucking dick swelled up. So who cares? At the end of the day, when I wrote it, when I saw the 64, dick swelled up immediately. Got a huge chub. 
and then that's why I kept going. Yeah, and then, and then, and then when I said that the, the card was garbage, um, I'm happy that people thought I was being serious. Uh, I'm going to start. I know, I know it's text. Uh, I, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to stop typing LOL or ha 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 at the end of yeah. everything because you know what? Figure it out. Just figure it out. Just I've said that because... to myself hundreds of times. Still do it way too yeah. much. Well, the reason why, I mean, I, I do it still, but uh, yeah, but figure out that I'm joking. And I don't care if you don't, if you can't figure it out, just. I knew, especially life. that you weren't joking because we were uh, texting and you were saying how good they were. But when you put that, like, like it was so funny. There's like, Kate wasn't watching the fights, but she asked me, she's like, how were they? Leo said the car was garbage. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, he Kate. was being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, they Sorry. were fucking great. Yeah, they were. Uh, but that, like I said, what that. Okay, so your fight lit twitter on fire like the this mission because and i'm just gonna go back to your fight because of the the way that it ended obviously of a rear rear naked choke is really big but um uh what's his that rum is brahima Brahim, brahima um i think the j sound they were saying like brahima or it becomes like a y sound they were saying like brahima oh brahima i anyway um the weird the thing that brahima uh, yeah yeah, but anyways, you got, you bro, got either way, it's still Kogi. So let's keep going. But uh, anyway, got him in the choke. And um, what was cool about his was that he yelled at the ref as it was happening. He was yeah, like, he, was like, he felt out. he's like, he's out. He's out. You know what I mean? Like, and that everyone was like, holy shit. Like, let's go. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, let's wait a way to start this card. And then these guys came to bang. They were fucking just banging each other so hard and then all of a sudden that wheel kick happens and then boom twitter just fucking said all right this is it these fucking fights these two like everyone's like ah i can't wait for these two fights to be amazing yeah and then fucking william knight comes out fucking fucking gets him william thick as hell night fucking william titties has steroids in his system whatever his name is definitely has steroids because who has a titty like that it's a steroid yeah, titty. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about my fucking king. Okay? okay. Well, we won't talk about your king, but yeah. is this your king? But anyway, um, and then that, and then that happens. And then, and then he does the backflip and you're like, oh my God, these fights. And then it fucking leads right to Nunez. Just fucking little short, just, just fucking Bro. shit up, knocks her the fuck out. And you're just like, how could this possibly get any better? And then we go right into this next fight you're about to talk about yeah dude so that 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 uh nunez knockout of being lucky was awesome damn and then brian kelleher comes out and bro i have to say i don't want to throw shade at anyone specifically but i listen to a lot of other mma podcasts of the, I know you do. like the community everyone of the ones that like give their picks they were like well domingo pilarde uh is uh got a significant height and reach he's six foot for a bantamweight that's pretty good you know i would i'm struggling to give killer killer her dog walk your boy bro <laughs> killer her fucking put him on his ass and beat the shit out of him he dude palate had nothing yeah. for killer her nothing Kelleher. my boy killer her was like bah he's like i don't care if i'm five six i'm from long island bitch dude, and just took him down some shit up. bro that shit was amazing. So already I'm hyped for the win. I'm hyped that he had a great fight. And then he gets on the mic and he drops the fucking promo of the year, dude. That's it, when dude. We do, when we do our awards at the end of the year and we include promo of the year, that's it already. Yeah. He was like, Sean O'Malley off getting fucking Takashi 6 9 tattoos. Should have got a vagina tattoo. 
uh, he's been he and, and to his credit, he's been like like Kevin Lee when Kevin Lee got in the UFC way before Habib was like this name and way before he was champion. Kevin Lee was been trying to fight Habib. As soon as Sugar O'Malley uh, went in the UFC, Brian Keller has been calling him out. This is not a recent thing. This is not like based on the whatever. He has been calling for this Sugar Sean fight since day one yeah based on the contender series hype from the fucking snoop cast bro give him that fight yeah and and he was like i'm from new york in november 6th i got my date i got Mm. this let me fight that Mm. stupid fuck and that was it and then he fucking walked away dude what a fucking great last night was actually pretty good for callouts i'm not gonna lie yeah people people um Nobody hesitated like that. That guy, Brad, whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> Brendan Allen, when he was like, yeah, Brendan Allen, when he I'm was not like, gonna say his yeah, name, I'm not going to say his know, name, but you okay, know, he, well, that he guy, me, Sean Strickland. Uh, okay. So he calling. I mean, well, or Edmund. Edmund yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, one of those guys. All time. Someone, anyone, I guess. Yeah. So um, at least it wasn't that, uh, but everyone last night, I think, a pretty good amount of people called out um, other fighters. And I was like, that's how you, that's how you, Brian was definitely the, the highlight one because it was just so like raw and good. Everyone else was just like, Hey, this um, uh, we'll talk about it in the main event as uh, sorry in the, in the main card. But uh, yeah, it was a good night for call outs, a good night for um, all those prelim fighters. I don't even, I don't even know who got any awards. If they awarded 50 K to fucking everyone or, what happened, but uh, right, a- like such a hard decision to do to pick bonuses for that card. I didn't even look because yeah, I always feel like it doesn't go to the ones I want anyway. So let's um let's take it to the to the fucking so after that banger Taking of a fucking prelim. I mean the main card. Yeah, we get right into we get right into a fucking banger. That Pantoja and Royval, yeah. that fight had everything. First everything. first round, scrambling like fucking. Jiu-jitsu, scrambling, fucking wrestling, all the things. I was like, man, these guys are fucking top-notch, high level. Um, second Roy round. Right heel hook. Like, yeah. I was surprised, like, Pantoja is known for his jiu-jitsu. And, like, we've seen Roy Val get some pretty sick submissions, and he has got a good scramble game. But, like, I th- I don't know enough about jiu-jitsu to know this, but I think Pantoja was a champion, like, in some of the competitions. Like, he's very high level. So for Roy Val to go out there, I was like, that's BDE, bro. That's fucking, yeah. you know. Yeah, man. And, we'll see how and, it works out. It did not work out. And they and they were striking like fucking crazy, too. Like the second, like, it was everything. there. And then. Normalized flyweight division. There's, yeah, dude. That shit was. They fucking, tried to close that division. No. That we shit was this fucking division. fast paced. And they were they were both slanging and banging. But, um, you know, Pantoja just, just wrapped it up and got him. <sighs> It was beautiful it up. yeah and the and the call out of brandon moreno we have some questions in on the the post fight interview or uh we have some questions questions in the forum about the post fight interview and about the call out so i want to get too too heavy into it okay but i like fight yeah um yeah i like good it. way to start the main card like uh, the best way to, way to start, start the main, main card. card yeah and then like you said they kind of funny dick does because the, the rest of the fights were okay uh, actually, I will say that the that the next one, the Pichel, uh, the Pichel Hubbard was, Pichel was Hubbard was good. Um, and you know, I'm sorry that you know Maga won. Um, but Maga won. So Maga won. 
Uh, but he he did look good. Like he let's looked like a young Don Fry with that mustache. <laughs> but yeah, he really did. He but he was fucking shit up. He was really fucking Hubbard yeah. up like a lot. He had Hubbard rocked a lot of times during that entire fight. And you know, I mean, like Donald Trump should uh, be reelected. And uh, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, and uh, yeah. And anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't think I'm being serious, I'm gonna type it on my Twitter and not even say LOL. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, see. Wow. What happens? Anyways, okay. if uh, Pichel, um runs, which he never would on a Donald Trump ticket because they wouldn't vote for that last name. But let's keep going. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked amazing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, go MAGA. Totally. Um, <laughs> the next fight, Trevin Jones versus Said Yacoub Kakramanov. Yeah, that's what people kept saying on the fucking broadcast. Um, I think it was our boy Callum had an amazing joke that was like, uh, they'll bleep out vagina, but they're just going to say cock Romanov yeah, all night. Romanov, yeah. Uh, that was How about some that, equality. That fight was okay. I think that they yeah. were, very, you know, it was very um, uh, grapple heavy. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Um, clench heavy. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, he wrapped up that choke very nicely at the very end and, you know, Trevin Jones, uh, I wanted Trevin Jones to win. So anytime he, he wasn't having success, I was like not paying attention. So I was just like, ah, fuck this other guy. Like, yeah. So I can't even tell you like how, how good the fight was. Uh, Cause I was just basically just watching it with such rose colored glasses, like so biased. I was just like, come on, Trevin Jones. Yeah. I think that, uh, the other guy just had his number pr- pretty much the entire fight. Um, uh, Kok or whatever his name Kok is. Uh, he, he says something interesting in the post interview. And obviously, fighters like to hype himself up, but I almost want to call his bluff. And like, not that he's bluffing, but he's just being super confident. He was like, That was two weeks' notice. Give me a, or, or however much the night was short notice. He was like, Imagine what I can do with the eight week camp. I can take the champ. Give it to him. I was like, Oh, really? Let's go. Let's, yeah, let's do let's it now. See. Let's see right. Yeah, let's, let's, let's book right it. Now. Let's book it. <laughs> you lose, and then we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, but it was a, it was a, like I said. I think that's where everything started to slow down, and this is where everything really started to slow down, which was the park reporter Chase Sherman. Now, I mean, granted, for for a, for a heavyweight, heavyweight yeah. fight, it was pretty. It, pretty it was good. pretty good in the sense of a lot of they, big kicks, which you always see from heavyweights. There was their fucking feet off each other's dicks. There was a lot of, uh, well, I mean, at that point in the fight, it looked like he was just trying to rest his foot on his penis as opposed to anything else. Like, it didn't even look like a kick. He was going for a team kick and didn't have the energy or the flexibility. (laughs) He was like, "Eh." and then I was like, dude, you were right on the fucking dick. They they were really throwing, though, like, throughout the whole thing. The only problem is, is that with those type of fights um, with fatigue, when they're throwing that much, you're just like, what are they like? This is so yeah. soft baby shit. And like Chase Sherman looked like, like he wanted to roll his eyes in the back of his head. Like every time he threw a punch, he was like, oh, like, you know, just, I know it, just even just right into the second round all the way up until the end. Um, I'm annoyed and- that we don't get corner audio on ESPN plus because the, the commentators kept saying he was like basically shitting. What do you mean you don't get stool. corner corner audio in between rounds? I mean, oh yeah that's yeah. what i meant like, we don't get the in between rounds and like they're basically saying like in between rounds he was like shitting himself being like did i win that round like 
Are, are yeah. we okay? Like, yeah, yeah it sounded less confident. Um, it was a, it was an okay, like you said, it was an okay heavyweight fight. Um, but it definitely slowed everything down. Like it, it made like there were which, moments where I, I was like, I was tweeting, I was like, okay, these big boys are swinging, like let's yeah. go. Um, but sometimes they were just a little sloppy. Yeah, they were pretty sloppy. About it. Slop. La- slop. Uh, now let's move on to what I just discovered while I was watching literally an hour, less than an hour ago. I didn't know that fucking Clay Guida had a big Lebowski tattoo on the side of his fucking side. I missed that. What? He Dude, yeah. A- yeah, I looked at it. I was like, and I, and I wish I was watching it live. So I could have been like, does Quake? We don't have a fucking big Lebowski tattoo. Yeah, he has, look the, it up while you're talking. he has the dude and Walter on his side. Yo. Yeah. Man. And the, you know, what's funny <laughs> when I saw it, my first observation was it looks like the way that it's drawn because I couldn't tell. It looked like they had mixed Rayman, the video game and the big Lebowski. And I was like, that is a mashup I was not expecting to like, but I don't mind that tattoo. <laughs> um, but yeah, he fucking loves the big Lebowski, I guess. And loves losing. So that's what happened uh, to Clay Guida. Uh, no, he uh, that was a pretty I like good that every every before every fight. Um, he um, <laughs> his wow, he's had it for a long time. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. Is when I saw always... the when I saw the report, and I was like, how did I never see that? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like I said, if if you see it from far away, yeah, if you see it from far away, it looks like they don't have ankles. You can see the dude and yeah, Walter. And Walt- yeah, it looks like they don't have ankles. So I really thought that it was like Rayman version of okay. Big Lebowski, which I thought was really weird. Um, oh, I see what you're saying because Rayman is like just like the floating hands and feet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> uh, let's make that. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's hard to say that this fight was a back and forth um, as far as like Madsen goes. I'll um, say this. Clay Guida was more competitive than I expected. Yeah. And like and, it was and nice to see him kind of hang in there and go the full distance. But Marco Madsen is very good. And yeah. He's very good at wrestling. And like when Clay Guida was like, oh, I'm fighting a, uh, I'm not fighting the experienced wrestler, Mark Madsen. I'm fighting the inexperienced MMA fighter. And I was like, okay, fine. But he can implement that wrestling very fucking well in the octagon. Yeah, surprisingly enough, though, I think that uh, that Clay. I mean, like I said, watching Clay fights is uh, is so interesting because he's just like constantly moving. It's like the Energizer Bunny. The second the bell rings, it's like he just keeps moving, dodging. Like he's always like constantly like. Well, pretty much he has Parkinson's, I think. But uh, um, I'll never forget UFC one ninety nine. Let me watch there. Mm-hmm. He's like good doing the energized bunny shit around the whole cage and brian ortega like doesn't look like he knows what he's doing and mm-hmm. then he lands that flying knee that knocks him the fuck out yeah. i was like holy shit and then i i, I watched the post fight press conference and brian ortega's like the fight starts and i'm like holy shit that's clay guida <laughs> like he's like bouncing around like he's like used to watch him you know growing up like we used to watch his fights he's like Holy shit. So he felt like he was like fighting an idol in there. And then he was like, he's bouncing around. I'm like, this is fucking, this is like fighting Clay Guida. So he was just like starstruck for most of That's the, the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I don't know. what I. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in September with, with him and Volk. But, um, but, you know, you know, props to Mark Matson. And like I said, good night for, for call outs. Um, Matson calls out Gregor Gillespie. 
Um, that was that was great. I don't think you'll get it. Like Greg Gillespie is a little bit on the up and up. Like he just no, but Diego Fajeda. I, I agree, but I just mean like good call out. I mean, I like how he was like he says he's the best wrestler in here, and it must it's not uh, Greco Roman wrestling. And he was like, I'm yeah. calling Gregor, and I was like, yeah, and that was it. And I was like, good yeah, call I like out. that call out. Yeah, um, good good yeah. call. I don't think like I, said, I don't think he'll get it, but I I hope he does because I would like yeah. to see that. And then um, on to our main event of the evening. Now this is the weird part where fighting doesn't make any sense, and I mean that in the sense of it was a good fight. I just was bored. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but it volume wise and everything like tac- tactician wise, they're both good. Um, Jared Cannonier, Kevin Gaslam thinks he won the whole fight, which I don't think is, I don't think he should think that, but, but in all honesty, Jared Cannonier caught him four times, roughly about, uh, in the third round is when it started picked up. He caught him with the flash knockdown. And then in the fourth, uh, sorry, no, in the third round, he caught him with the flash knockdown. In the fourth round, he he got a pretty good knock on him in his chin. But like I said, those were the moments that that led it towards uh, Cannoneer. Um, but it's, like I said, it is weird. It was high volume, but I was bored. I don't know how to explain it. I'm just randomly remembering the, uh, pre- the pre-show or whatever with Bilal and Jovan mm-hmm. and Karen Bryan studio. This is like right when the broadcast was supposed to start and they're, they're playing that instead of actually showing the fights. So I always do. And I always forget. Um, and fucking Bilal is like, <laughs> was like doing his like keys to victory for Calvin Gaslam. He was like, I know you got a granite chin, like said granite instead of granite. And I, I he said it a few times and I was fixated on it. I wanted to like, I wanted to tweet at him like Bilal, it's granite. Don't say granite. Um, but basically, he was like telling him to use his wrestling, which I don't think Cal- Kelvin really did. No, no. Like I said, it, it was a weird. It's a weird thing. I don't know how to. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I would probably put that as a, as a as a pretty solid, better than a lot of fights I've seen, but. There's just yeah. something about it of me being bored. I I don't know why I was bored. Like, I don't know. It was know. kind there... of like tactical and sloppy at the same time. Yeah. Not so... really. Like they, they were kind of doing a chess match and then there were some moments of action, but for the most part, they were just sort of like, yeah, I don't chess know. matching each other. Yeah. Which is even weird to think about in a concept of fighting like that. But yeah. Um, so last night's card prelims were bangers. Um, First fight of the main card was banger. And then all the rest of them, just dump them. Fucking A. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but good on those guys. I can't wait to see what happens next weekend when I'll be watching um, a fight from the airport. Fights from the airport. I'll be getting drunk and watching fights. The best. You uh, drink on the, the flight? best. Do I drink on the flight? Are you crazy? Yeah, of course, dude. I have fucking the worst anxiety when I'm on a flight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. So I was wondering. I didn't. Yeah, and I well, definitely hate it because I'm 320 pounds and I'm large mm-hmm. as fuck. And like, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. When I flew from Houston, I, I sat next to the two most obnoxious white girls I've ever seen. And one of them fucking coughed and the spray hit my arm. I was wanted to throw up. And these bitches were like sneaking vodka and making their own Bloody Marys and like throwing shade at the male flight attendant. It was like, well, you're a stewardess. Like, fuck them, dude. But other than that, the flight itself doesn't like give me anxiety. Yeah, not, it's not, it's weird. I have a lot of anxieties about it. Um, 
So I try to like at least like get a little bit toasted before I get on. And I try to a little toasted. And I and I also yeah try to have like a nice drink or whatever um to nice. To, yeah i don't i don't i don't usually try to drink on flights um obviously since covid and whatnot but i'll drink yeah this mustache is coming in nice do you guys like that what do you think patrons do you think i should shave my beard because of the fucking conquistador style i got it's weird i can't it's patchy as everyone Bro. knows but like look right here i mean we we you and i both yeah. know this but like yeah my patch is so specific so it's here mm. and here on the sides similar, actually which is weird it's strange but then when I go like this, there's two spots here, here and here, that don't grow hair. It, no, I got Very a weird, weird. Con, I got conquistador blood. So I have a fucking scar on my chin from when I was eight years old. I like fell down in a jacuzzi and fucking opened my chin up. I have a scar where I got stitches. It doesn't grow there. And it's the most annoying shit of all time. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but fucking eight-year-old juice was a fucking party animal. Yeah. Yeah, I was just I was like, hanging out, hanging out in jacuzzis, fucking eating sloppy steaks every Saturday I was night. back wine coolers. I'm not yeah. a piece of shit, but I used, yeah, to, used be, to be though. <laughs> oh yeah, if you look at his man bun, I can tell you that slicks back real nice. This is pushback. This isn't slick back. <laughs> Chicken spaghetti at Chickalinis. Anyway, uh, so sloppy steaks at Trafani's. <laughs> <laughs> the waiter's like, no, sloppy, no, no sloppy steaks, steaks guys. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you talking about? Just order a steak rare, pour the water on, just get it all nice and sloppy. Sloppy. You got to eat it as real fast you can. Oh, it's so fun. Anyway, being a piece of shit and watching I Think You Should Leave are two things that go hand in hand. And me and Juice are both of those things. We so, are both of those things. And I love it. Uh, it's the best show of all time. It's the best sketch show of all time. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Um Oh yeah. All well, right. actually, and by let's keep moving. Let's take a break. Let's take a break, and we'll get into the forum. And we are back. We sure are. We're gonna kick this forum off as we did last week with some Patreon questions. I like doing these first. I like to hear from the patrons first. Yeah. They get, you know, little, little perks of joining the Patreon. If you are yeah. only listening on, on audio and you want to see our lovely faces and see Leo's amazing beer that he was talking about, join us or on Patreon. My, or, or my areolas. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Just one. Yeah, just one. Just one for now. A little tease. Just one today, but it's areola. You see my cleavage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah. Join us on patreon.com slash friendly sparring. You can join for three dollars a month and just basically get access to like updates and uh like the 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 exclusive forum that I just put out that was starting. Um, or five dollars will get you all that and then also video podcasts. So which do is that. good because we make funny faces. We make someone paid me to be in a commercial. So that means that my face looks good. So pay us $5 a month so you can see mine and Juice's face. And you are talking to the face do it. and the nose of Breathe Right. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if I can say that. Like, I'm a little bit nervous about that, to be honest with you, but I already did. I mean, so guess what? Podcast, Breathe Right's going to really sue like... me. They're going to sue me. 
We're gonna take all. I mean, they're, they're using gonna, your likeness, so they're gonna take all two hundred dollars. They paid me. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely join our Patreon. Um, you know, just do it. Yeah, because 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 here's a perk: if you don't like our podcast, like if you hate listen to our podcast, then you'll be the first person on the forum, and then once we answer your question, turn it off. There you go, perfect. Um, turn it off. I want to quote Uncle Chael here when he was talking about ESPN Plus, and he was saying something like, "I feel like I can tell you it's free. It's not free. It's four ninety nine. But what's that? Sixteen cents a day? You got sixteen cents." <laughs> exactly it's basically what well, where He's we're got at. a so, good argument got a great argument um this first question is from our girl sandy pants aka ms pants i just like saying that for some reason um she says i'm pretty tired also i decided and i sometimes use this for twitter questions i decided i'm going to be super impassioned on the patreon questions i love it i'm pretty tired of top tier talent headlining cards and talking about how broke they are <laughs> oh, shit. is dana white incapable of feeling shame love you guys love the show struggle face tom says hi big up to tom the god here's the thing dana white had an operation in 2000 the year 2000 when he bought the company or bought shares in Zufa or whatever. And in the Fertitta brothers bought the company. He had an operation where he removed the part of his brain that feels shame. And you can look that up. You might not find it. It may have been scrubbed from the internet, but it's, it was there. Yeah, I would never and, lie to you. And to add on top of that, um, you guys see him every Friday, put fucking stupid bullshit in his mouth. So I think he's lost all the shame he's ever had, but also more importantly. Yeah. The Dude. surgery caused that. He fucking won't pay his fighters. It is it is annoying that we do have to hear that a bunch. Especially, guys, we are talking... It is, at the very least, a leap. Maybe not a bound, but it is a leap above all the other fight promotions. Yeah. So what? Oh, it's, it's a bound. Depending on whatever. Dude, the week of UFC 265, when they were in Houston, everywhere they go for the most part dana likes to do like a little hotel tour like look at me look what i got look at me and my fucking wealth look at me hey. he was like this hotel is the most badass hotel i've ever been in look i got a whole floor check this out i got my own gym and it's just like showing off the fucking digs at this hotel i'm like you piece of shit <laughs> there are people that are bleeding for your entertainment that you're profiting from that are on the undercard making 12 and 12 yeah we can't we we need to just talk like honestly everyone if you have the opportunity just google how much uh a third bench uh player makes in the nfl their contract oh. when they sign it just just look the, look up the person who pl plays in practice look at their averages Pretty sure i did six figures I, I did once okay i did one time uh we me and juice work at beverly hills bmw Shout out to them for being a fucking piece of shit yeah, place. Fucking terrible. Um, yeah, fuck those fucking people. That's right. I said it. I don't care. All the sponsors are getting it today. Anyway, um, some guy had just recently. Now, granted, he might have been played um, as far as like as playing in the next season, but he had just been signed to the Bengals, um, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, 
And for proof of payment, because nothing had happened yet, as far as like proof of income, he, he gave us his NFL contract. Mm. $336,000 starting off as like just, an just, like second just offensive, line, offensive lineman. Like, come on, guys. Like, what the fuck? People who are sitting on the bench are making more than people who are fighting in the fucking league. And those people aren't having to pay the nutritionists or the people who are fucking yeah, pumping them up with steroids. Yep. All that stuff is paid for by the fucking companies. And you can argue. When you, when you sign to any NFL team, they send you a box of steroids. Like, yeah, yeah. So you can, and you can argue blood. that more eyes are on the NFL. That is fine of viewership. And you can say that those things. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. But to say that the UFC doesn't have fucking eyes on it, enough eyes on it to, to pay your fighters a decent pay is wrong. That's hey, wrong. What there are enough is eyes on it. Revenue share. Yeah. The, the amount that they take in versus what they give to the fighters, the gap is so huge. And, we can, and with oh. the NFL and NBA, the TV deals that they make, like going to Fox, going to ABC or whatever, like they just did with ESPN, the, the players get a cut of that. They well, I mean, a cut of that. And and look, guys, if you guys don't know, you know, we always advocate for for fighter pay, but I think to make the argument stronger or the strongest case that we can possibly have is, I mean, look at the NBA. Look at what just recently happened. NBA for the longest time had sponsors all around the entire court and everywhere else, right? And that's fine. The lockout happened. That ended a couple of years ago. Then we had that really short basketball season. Uh, it was like 52 games in like four months or something like that. It was like ridiculous amounts of games that happened. But from that point, the revenue that was lost from that moved its way into people's mindset. And now what do you see? You see one singular sponsor on the left-hand side of the uh, NFL, um, of, the, NBA of the NBA jerseys. You see one, right? That is making each team relatively uh, like 15 to 16 million dollars, I think, a game. Um, yeah. So like that concept and that uh, the idea that now we have crypto being crypto.com being sold as one of the sponsors, that's none of that is pocketing into the, the UFC fight. Like it should Zero. be pocketing into the into the fighters thing, but it's not. The contracts just need to be raised. And I know you're saying they don't deserve it. Blah, blah, blah. They signed the contract. They're doing it. But let's, you know, uh, a rising tide raises all boats. So let's just raise the minimum on that. I understand the concept of losing fights. But if you're getting to the organization, we're telling you that you're worth it to get to that organization. I don't. You can say that fighting is a little bit different and prize fighting is a little bit different because the prize itself is not money. It's the belt for a lot of people. It's that glory. And I get that. But that's what any kind of sport is, any sort of competition is. So if you're trying to tell us that this UFC is the highest it can possibly be, then show us that, Shay, hey, you're worth it. You're worth it because you're the entertainment. I don't care exactly. if you lose three fights, just make that much more. Just just put that high, just put it higher in our contract. It's and not even by much. And you know what I mean? Like it's not we're not I'm not I'm not asking for a dumb increase. I'm asking for the base, fair. the base level of what an entry level fighter starts at being above 50 to eighty thousand dollars a year is a lot of money. 
And a lot of people make not uh, when 50% yeah. of it goes to your coaches. Exactly. So that's what I'm, what I'm saying is, is like, if the contracts can be roughly around that number, then we're cool. Because then at the very least, then if you take a fight or you don't, then you can at least support your family. You know what I mean? Like the guy who fought, um, damn it. Uh, Stephen Wonderboard Thompson, the, the, the guy that was a waiter. Um, oh, Jeff Neal. Yeah. Jeff Neal. Yeah. Like, that's not a story we should be hearing. And then like, no. like Sandy just said, we shouldn't be hearing the head of the headliner of a card saying he's broke. Yeah. But like that. And like, he hadn't fought in a year or so, but still, which even worse at the end of the day, like you have to think about the tier system. He's number three. <laughs> yeah. He's number three. number three in the world. I'm broke. I just don't want to fight what right away. Fucking incentive is that? Which by the way, people are already like, debating about uh like if he should get the next title shot because of what he said or he was like i'm ready for the champ and all this stuff like the fact that he said i'm broke i need to fight right away guarantees he's not going to jump the line because they already there was a, a art well i don't know there was an article that came out that said like uh whitaker adesanya 2 is delayed until 2022 yeah the, they the, the fighters need to Adesanya versus Kennedy are in the meantime, but like before that Bobby Knuckles fight, I'll be severely disappointed. But at the same time, I'll be disappointed that Whitaker, that Kennedy didn't get uh, a fight that he needs to make fucking ends meet. Like it's a shitty system. Like yeah, they need to yeah. pay if they, if he, if someone has to wait for a title shot, they need to pay them to wait. That's what yeah, I, think. Like, I, I think. I know Shane um, has it, but that's what needs to happen. Yeah, and fuck and fuck, and I think uh, Jorge Masvidal was on. Um, was on Ariel Hawani uh, on the MMA hour talking about like, well, you know, we're fighters. We're like of a different breed, like us, all of us banding together to kind of have one hive mind is a tough idea. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at your fellow brother and say, get that fucking bread. And that's it. There is no other argument. Look at me. Look at you say, hey, we're having fun doing this fight. We are fighting for our lives in here, but we're getting paid like we should be fighting. We're getting paid like we're fighting for our lives. And, and you, you know what? Just easy. to piggyback off that, it doesn't even have to be the whole roster. I was listening to, and I don't know how I, the, the economics of this, how big of an impact it would make, but but Kairos on Shots Fire was talking about like, what if a fucking entire gym like sat out, like went on strike or whatever? The, one of the biggest, which is where Jorge fights out of ATT, American Top Team out of Florida. That's a hive mind. They're a team. They can literally do that. Like the team can decide. Like just, just to say like, oh, well, we can't really do that. The team can decide to sit out. You know how many fucking things that's defense? Amanda Nunes, two divisions champion. Yeah. Uh, Jorge fucking. And, wow, this is a really long tangent that I, I, I'm about to go make it even further. But me and Juice um, are, are actors. The, that, the SAG union, um, that union itself is designed uh, for top tier people. It's designed right. to protect people, but a lot of people that join the union that aren't ready to get into this situation of being a professional actor and stuff like that, they get swallowed up whole and end up doing background work because the background work will pay them more money because they're SAG, yep. but they don't have a way to get out of that bubble because they have to keep up with those dues and keep a roof a over cycle. their head. But what I'm saying is, is like that union itself, that concept that I kind of understand what Jorge is saying as far as like the idea of like a hive mind, like we, we can't all have each other's backs with actors. I understand that because we're literally a fucking dime a dozen of everyone who thinks they have the talent to do it. But I just mean that with fighters, you can you the base pay can definitely be raised. 
It is 100%. a professional sport that you are, you are being televised on TV. People who speak or do anything that are, that is televised on TV relatively are probably going to be a part of the union. And anyone who's that is relatively making a pretty good amount of money. Um, if they're appearing on TV, a good amount of times. So if you're already doing it on a professional sport level, then you, the baseline of pay yeah. is all we need. Healthcare and stuff like that, we can we can figure all that out. But the baseline of pay of what the contract should be signed at needs to be addressed. Like I said, what yeah. incentive does it show the entire roster if your number three in that division is saying that he's broken and needs to fight fast? You're making a lot of great points, but we have a lot of questions now, and I, I do want yeah. to keep it moving. But I will end it on this note. Dana and, and the Fertitta brothers, since they first got in and now the Fertitta brothers left, but the, the goal has been to make it like a sport, like get it like recognition. If you want to do that, pay them like other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so thank you so much for the question, Sandy. Um, this next question is from Callum, Callum JN. He says, I don't know why I did like a weird dialect for his voice, but it's, it's just, it's just Callum. It's our boy Callum from the UK. Uh, it says, I have a few questions, all of which you are not obliged to answer. He has three, and I told him we're answering every single one of them. It says, one, why was Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman on at 4.30 a.m. his time? It was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> so if you're, if, if you're trying to stay up late and that fight is on, you better have fucking been mainlining cocaine or something like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the fact that it was uh... – yeah, the fact that it was number like three that fight was a sleeping from the pillow. car. Yeah, the, the part that it was number three from the top is kind of strange. So it's like, you know, how like people say like, oh, there's Christmas. Then there's Christmas Eve. Then there's Christmas Eve Eve. That was like the main event, the co-main, the co-co-main. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was like the like, co-co-main event. Yeah, yeah. like and it was fucking shit. Yeah. So anyways, go on. What's the other question? Yeah. <laughs> second question they had a promo where mark madsen talked about wanting to fast track his way to the title and my question is why the fuck did he do this by fighting this is in all caps clay guida that man is almost 40 <laughs> hey <clears throat> they're trying to piggyback off of the story it's is that, well yeah it, it's building off the name building off the name they're building off the name of clay, clay guida um Still undefeated, you know. Pe- people have gotten title fights with less records. One hundred percent, zero gone. Yeah, but I mean, th- I think strategically, I think they are kind of doing it right. Like he has the Olympic background; they like to promote those guys. He just fought a name in Clay Guida, who everyone knows that have been watching the sport for a long time. Then he called out Gregor Gillespie. If he gets that fight, that's gonna vault him into the rankings. Yeah, like you know what I mean. I, I if think he, he should. Him. Yeah. And number three? And number three. With Jared Cannonier winning last night, Eugene Behrman will inevitably come out and say he should be next over Rob in the near future. <laughs> My question is, why is Eugene Behrman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Nailed that's it. Also, Completely yeah, that's spot a, on. That's also another thing that's also plaguing the... Um, I mean, it plagues... Oh, well. Well, this is. Are a you very... saying Eugene Behrman is a plague? Because no. I agree. But this way. is what I'm saying. Uh, popularity bias is plaguing the entire world. Okay, and mm-hmm. like the problem is with something like the UFC. When you're 
that person and you say a couple of things, you get interest based off of that. And everyone's like, oh, well, let's look that way as opposed to the right way. That's why the UFC doesn't make any sense because there's a lot of, a lot of people that would be like, well, I deserve that. Or I do this or that. Like, look at, I mean, think about the, one of the biggest setups of all time, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. If Nate Diaz would have kept his mouth shut, Conor McGregor and him wouldn't have fought. Wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have happened. But he said, you're, you're, you're taking everything I work for. And that was it. That's all. That's all it took. And just a couple of months later, they were like, that's the guy. And we're like, yeah. So the problem with that stuff is, is he's the fighter that with Eugene. Problem is, is that he'll go on a podcast and be like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think he deserves it. So let's just do, you know, this or that. And then, and then everyone would be like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's it. And it's like, well, fuck. Here's the thing with Eugene. I can't tell if he's trolling or whatever, because he was recently on some mission radio. And like he had said before, like, he's like, Oh, I don't know about Rob. Like maybe he should fight more or whatever. And then they asked him point blank, like, do you think Robert Whittaker is next? He was like, okay, the, the, now we have to get serious. And then he admitted that Rob was next. So I don't know if he was not being serious before, or he just had like a come to, or maybe he got dragged for saying that before. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, we'll say we'll fight Rob. Like maybe he backed down. I don't know. But, but Callum spun on like, I can definitely see Eugene Behrman getting interviewed. Like maybe probably Ariel is going to fucking have him on the show. Watch. And then uh, by the way, I like Ariel. Uh, I will always defend him. Like people will shit on Ariel. This is not the podcast. It's just on Ariel. Um, but yeah, fuck him. I hate you. Um, but uh, he'll probably have Eugene Behrman on. He's like, yeah, we think Kennedy look good. We like that fight. Bet you he'll say that. Yeah. And look, yeah. here's the thing. Here's my thing. Some coaches give really good interviews, but I think yep. as a rule, coaches should not give interviews. Shut Every time John Kavanaugh does an interview, I mean, earlier uh, in Connor's career, I liked it. Now, fuck out of here john kavanaugh you're trash uh, um eugene Behrman, great great striking mind every time he does an interview get out of here mm-hmm. who's he like? javier mendez javier mendez like he he's okay like he kind of like doesn't really say anything stupid and he knows his place he's not gonna say like oh we're gonna fight this guy next or we want this he just talks about basically his philosophies on things and certain things like that i like i like javier mendez but even so like I like having the rule of like, hey, maybe we don't interview coaches. Like, let's do that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Callum, for those yeah. three questions. Those are three amazing fucking questions. And now we are going to journey into the world of voice questions. Um, the first question, uh, we actually have a couple. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just play them and we'll kind of see from there. Um, the first one is from Ben Kylie. Buenos dias, jabronis. It's Ben Kylie here from the Hind Fight MMA podcast. Juice, I heard your appearance on Fernando Pratesh's podcast during the week. And quite frankly, I was blown away by your impression of gay guard Musasi. Uh, with that in mind, how about some improv? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, will be to do Gegard Musasi browsing Netflix in Buckingham Palace. This message will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, never. What a twist. Bro. Great question. <laughs> I love Ben Kylie. And first of all, like I said, 
uh, it's different now. Now that now that I I won on best camp of my life, it's different now. You have to look at me different. I do. I have gotten so much positive feedback, and it has almost exclusively been about the Musashi. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like at the, at the top of the show, uh, Ben Folks or, or Ben Folks was mentioned because uh, uh, I was like. I was saying how I was nervous to be like on the list of the great guests that have been on her show. And Ben folks is one of them. And she was like, you're up there with those people. And then she goes, maybe you're above Ben folks. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, and then she said, it's okay because he doesn't listen. He listened immediately. And is like tweeting. He's like, whatever she thinks that I'll listen. And then he tagged me in that same thread or whatever. And he was like, also legitimately great. Musashi impersonation. And then I had a few other people that too, like Dan Tom was, I was like, oh my God, Dan Tom, he's amazing. And he was on her show too. Musashi in Buckingham without, Palace. Without further ado. Without further ado. Let me see if I, this is hard. The Buckingham, it's hard to convey over audio. Yeah, they invited me to come see the queen of Buckingham Palace. It's pretty good, but it looks like a dump. There's not much to do though, so I'm gonna browse some Netflix. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jane the Virgin, I've seen this five times already. <laughs> Too sad. Next. Oh, uh, let's see what's going on with Love Island. I don't care. That girl's got nice tits though. <laughs> That's such a good misasi. I honestly don't know how long I could keep it up. That's such a specific prop. Ben, thank you for that. No, yeah, seriously, that was that was amazing. You created great content for us. Thank you. Imagine, imagine Musasi in like a pitch meeting. Imagine Musasi, like fight career has ended, and he's like, "Why don't I get into reality television? Seems like pretty lucrative business." Like they follow you around, don't have to do much. I don't have to rehearse lines. Yeah, yeah well, let's do like a reality show where I'm, where I'm like training people, and then I also have like some concubines. Yeah, some girls that suck my pee pee. <laughs> it's a pretty long one too, <laughs> bro. When he said that on the MMA Hour <laughs> a couple so years good. ago, I was like, "Ain't so shit." He's like, "All the haters can get in line and suck it." I have a pretty long one too. Which was corroborated on the Joe Rogan podcast, by the way, from uh, Burt Kreischer, I think, was in the spa with him in L.A. It was like, Musashi's got a fucking hog. Hog. What a great terminology oh, for a penis. Dude. All right. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Go check out the Hindfighter MMA podcast. Great show that they do, him and his uh, co-host. I want to say his name is Jason. And I feel bad if it's not. I'm pretty sure I'm right. All right. This next fucking question dude hey juice and lee what's your big homie rhino from the combat sports with rhino podcast so juice is rocking long hair again these days he had long hair for a long time and then he cut it short for a great cause and now has grown it out again so juice this question is specific for you this week what male fighter in the history of mma who had long hair is your favorite you know there's been a slew of them over time so who is your favorite long-haired male fighter in the history of combat sports i'd love to hear it take care love you guys love the show peace 
such a great question. <laughs> Whenever I post a video and my hair's down, I get a text from mine. I'm being like, long hair juice is the best. I love that he said that I cut it for a great cause because it kind of wasn't a great cause. And when I say that is because I turned into one, but the reason I had to cut it was for a play. And I was like, the only way, way I'll cut my hair is if it's long enough to donate to those companies that make wigs for cancer patients. And then the director was a fellow survivor and I'd never worked with her before. And so I didn't know that. And when I said that, she got a little emotional. I got a little emotional. I was like, okay, fuck, I'm doing it. And we like met, I looked it up. We measured it on the spot. She brought a ruler and I was, she was like, your, your hair's long enough. It's, you, you can cut it. I was like, okay, I'll cut it. And I, I didn't really want to cut it, but it kind of felt like liberating once I cut it. And then the pandemic happened and the play got shut down. And I was so mad that I cut it for the play and the play never uh, went up. So I, had a, I have a rule now as an actor, I'm not going to cut my hair unless it's for a paid role. Uh, or if I'm like already cutting it or whatever, like that's fair. I love my fucking hair, dude. It's iconic. <laughs> uh, I'm so narcissistic. But anyway, back to the question. No, you have your own po- podcast and you're narcissistic. That's <laughs> not what the. Fuck? Well, it's not my own podcast anymore. It's our own podcast. Yeah, that's true. Right. But I'm I mean, here to tell you that it's you're kind of my house and you're a guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it does. It no, does. We're feel partners, like bro. Yeah, we're partners. Yeah, well, yeah, well but... mm. I drinking the FWM mug, which you can see if you're on Patreon. Uh, yeah, please pay in. I have a feeling we will get more episodes of friendly sparring. But by the end of it, we will get more episodes of friendly sparring than of FWM. So just you. I mean, do you have ninety four? One hundred thirty-six. Eighty-eight was the episode number that I got to. Um, I had a couple bonus ones that weren't numbered, so right. It's like ninety, ninety-one or so in there. We're sitting at our our running total for episodes of the whole show. Is I want to say one. Here we go. One fifteen. So this will be one sixteen in terms of like the whole body of work. Um, so yeah, it's it's around there. Okay. Well, we're episode we'll... twenty six of. Wait, we can do the quick math. Fifteen. Yeah, it's in the nineties. Um, but anyway, who's your favorite long haired fighter? My favorite long haired fighter. Um, I know. I know. Rhino really wants me to say a non UFC fighter. <laughs> Because I do watch other promotions, Rhino, I do. But I mostly watch CFC because that's all I have time for. Elias Theodoro. Great. And it's just like, first of all, the hair itself is fucking iconic. He got got sponsored by Per Plus. Yeah. uh, Two-in-one conditioner. Like, the guy is a fucking uh, iconic. He he, he literally trademarked the phrase, the main event, M-A-N-E, main event um and he is a cool guy he acts um and he's like was producing a short film before the pandemic i don't know if it ever went anywhere um does great things he was he's an advocate for fighters using marijuana cannabis yeah was the first fighter to get a tue aka therapeutic use exemption for cannabis he's a fucking icon he was also on the amazing race (laughs) 
<laughs> it was yeah before before he got to the UFC you can look it up he was on the amazing race and he failed the reason he got eliminated was like it had something to do with like memorization or something like they had to memorize some facts or it was like rapid fire trivia and he failed that i can't remember um but uh by high i don't know i don't know if he so he actually he started he now becomes like he's a kind of a self-proclaimed stoner like he he had a fucking picture that he used to post on the timeline a lot where he rolled this fatty that was like as long as his forearm i was like oh my god dude but um <laughs> he uh he started doing it because of like nerve pain so he like mm. that's why he got the therapeutic use exemption like he had a specific like neurological condition from training um that uh, cannabis helped him with so that's yeah. your favorite long hair fighter my favorite i mean clay guida is always iconic that hair bouncing around bendo benson henderson from the wec originally okay mm. <laughs> um yeah dude what i like about benson henderson by the like so Elias, I think he used to just like put it in a ponytail mm. and then the Chuggo Santos fight happened. He got the dog shit beat out of him and his hair was like in his face and he said he couldn't see. And that was part of the reason. It's also because Chuggo Santos is much better than him. Let's be fair. And I love, and I love Elias. Um, and I don't like, people on MMA Twitter love Chuggo Santos. He's pretty, I like him, but I don't like, I'm not in love with him like everyone else is. Um, Chuggo Santos is better than him. But after that fight, he was like, it's only braids. I'm only, I'm only, so he braids it for every fight. Bendo, Benson Henderson, just let that shit flow. Like sometimes it was in like a loose, low ponytail. Like that's the kind of fucking BDE I can get behind. Like he didn't give a fuck. It would be in his face and he would just like casually move it. Never once complained about it. Never once use it. You know who actually used their hair as a fucking excuse and not in a way of like impeding their vision? Yeah. Uriah Faber. And I like your eye a lot. So this is the only time you'll ever hear me somewhat slander him. But I remember like, cause I watched a lot of like promo and stuff for 199. Cause we were there. He was saying how in their second fight, which was the, the first fight in the UFC, like they had their trilogy was at 199. The first fight was in the WEC. It was when favorite was the featherweight champion. He beat Dominic. And then Do Dominic was the Bantamweight champion in the UFC and Uriah challenged for his title. Um <laughs> <laughs> he actually had a great call out that got in that fight he quoted the fucking antoine dodson thing he was like hide your kids hide your wife hide that ufc belt baby i'm coming but um he said that some of the punches that dominic threw missed him but because his long hair like sw it, like swished and it moved the judges could have thought it landed so he like for the trilogy, he's like, I cut it short. I'm not playing any games. I was like, okay, oh, you're right. wow. like, calm down. What an excuse. What an excuse. Um, we actually talked about excuses, quote unquote, on Fernandez podcast uh, a lot, which I have an interesting take on. But thank you, Ryan, for that question. Go listen to his show, Combat Sports with Rhino. It's a staple on the MMA uh, scene for sure. All right, here we go. Last question is from our boy Decron. Well, from this platform anyway. Give me the juice. Give me the juice. What's up, Leo and Juice Baby Babies? Oh, man, that last episode was really fun, guys. But if you're going to get high like that, I feel like I need to get involved and supervise and make sure you get high enough. 
Well, I think you could have done more. <laughs> um, Bro, I was cooked. Hold on. No, I was cooked. Keep going. I really need to know what your favorite colors are. I'm just curious. On a more serious note, um, I hate callouts. I, I, sometimes they're entertaining, but not often. Pantoja calling out uh, Moreno. Uh, I want to know how you feel about that. Should he have to fight Davidson first? Um, or if he does get the title fight, how do you think the trilogy fight goes? Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Uh, that call-out specifically. Um, okay. So the only reason why I have a problem with that call-out is because Daniel Cormier made him do it. That's yeah, why... it was sort of initiated, but I mean, sometimes you got to as the, as the interviewer, like, no, you, you don't. A... No, you don't. You literally do not have to do that. You literally don't have to say anything. If someone wants to call well, someone up, like you can, you, I've heard the interviewer say, Hey, um, you're doing a great job. You're doing this. Who's next for you, my man. But Daniel Cormier was like, Hey, Brandon Moreno's right over there. Got something you want to say to him? And then like, and then what's even more hilarious is if you watch that call out specifically, it was weak because Daniel Cormier was like, you want to call him out? And he was expecting like a fire call out. Like, yeah, I'm the best and all that stuff. But he was like, Hey, Brandon, you're the best. You're amazing. Brandon, you got out of the UFC and then came back and then we fought and it was great. And it was amazing. Brandon, you're so good. You're so good at the fighting. You're amazing. And Daniel's just there the whole time, like holding the microphone. And Pantoja doesn't call him out until the very, like he's like, and then I will see you later in the year is what he says. But literally there's like a minute and a half where he's like explaining him and Brandon's story, uh, just going off on a tangent. And Daniel's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's what I'll say, Okay. So I mean, let's be honest. You love a good tangent, like you love a good tangent. So let's let's say that this is probably your all-time favorite call out of all time. Yeah, juice means tangent in Latin. Yeah, yeah clearly. <laughs> no, uh, I kind of like didn't even register that Cormier initiated it. And what I can tell you, when I say sometimes you have to, I can almost guarantee the truck. They, they call the production team was in his ear telling him, okay, this is the plan because rankings wise deserving merit. He's kind of next. Like people are talking about Oscar Askarov. Askarov missed weight, bro. Like, can we really trust him? Plus that draw that they had. I thought Moreno won. I thought there was a fucking terrible decision. How about that? Anyway, he's a deserving contender and they could do the, the Figueredo trilogy. They could do that. You know, that's fine. But Pantoja's next. Um, and so I think there was a thing, situation where like Brandon Moreno does the commentary for the uh, for the Spanish commentary for the for UFC Fight Pass um, or, or ESPN Deportes. I don't know, like wherever the Spanish broadcast. By the way, I watched last week and I watched PFL in Spanish. Those gentlemen, I, I, I researched and I couldn't find their names. Very good at their job. Wow. Nice. Uh, very much elevated the PFL experience for me because I fucking hate PFL. <laughs> but I watched the, I watched the whole thing in Spanish. 
the broadcast left some, a little bit to be desired because they had the English like promo going on and they would sort of like translate after the fact. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off tangent. I should not give PFL that much time. But anyway, uh, I liked the call out, dude. I liked it. I don't know. Like for me, it was like, does not even come close to the Kelleher one. But for some, the reason I love Brandon Moreno is he's so wholesome. If someone had done a like a uh, aggressive call out on him, I would immediately hate them, dude. Right. The fact that I can make it like, if you watch that season of the ultimate fighter, they had a pretty good relationship that them too, like, because they were the first fight. Uh, Pantoja was the number one seed. Uh, Moreno was the 16th seed. And so they, they do a stupid format where like the first, the first has to fight the last, which is so weird. That's why Angela had to fight Carla Sparza in the, their season. And it fucking was like, that shouldn't have happened. But anyway, um, they, had a banger of a fight like such an amazing fight dude and like in the i can't really see the lead up because it's a show and like they have like a day or whatever before they fight but like in the that episode when they were talking the days they were talking they both at that point didn't really speak a lot of english and uh they were speaking in spanish and portuguese respectively and trying to see how much they could understand and uh, Brandon Moreno was talking about his family's piñata business and he was like you know piñatas and he's trying to describe them and 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 Pantoja says oh you mean like piñon or something he said the word in Portuguese I don't know what it is for like pine trees and Brandon goes si 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 yeah piñatas <laughs> and that was just so funny but they had this like nice little conversation about their families and it was really cute and they had a fucking banger of a fight they had a banger of a fight in the ufc like if he would have done anything more than what he did he would have cheapened it in my opinion so that's why i liked it uh i get your issue with it and and whatever but i think that what we had what we got from that situation like i said i'm almost guaranteed the production team told him to get marino involved they had a camera on him ready to go like there's almost no doubt in my mind that that happened and pantoja the story he he laid it out there I want to see that fight. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to see that fight. I just wasn't hyped for it. It didn't get me hyped. Yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Like I said, it didn't do like the Kelleher one where I was like, yeah, that's go. the fucking fight I want to watch. Yeah. But I mean, the pro- the thing is with Brandon and Pantoja is that we know that fight's going to be a fucking banger. So like, that's the thing. Right. Like, yeah. that's already kind of built into their their design. And I understand the wholesome aspect of it. But um, I don't know, for but- me, it's just like, it's just like short and sweet. Like, let's just say, Let's By the go. way, this proves MMA is not a sport. Yeah. It's entertainment. That's yeah. why like uh, a, a fight between two either unranked or low-ranked Bantamweights, Kelleher and, and O'Malley, gets us more fired up than a fucking title fight. Yeah, you, like, pay, the, you pay the entertainer. Right, exactly. Exactly. So here we are. Here we fucking are. And on that note, thank you so much, Decrons. Uh, go give him a follow. Everyone needs to follow. Every- <laughs> you don't have to, but I like when, when people that listen to the show, and especially the ones that contribute, I like when everyone follows each other because they're cool. And, like Decrons deserves more follows than he has because he deserves the world. Love Decrons. <laughs> there was a thread that was like, um, I think Drea started it where it was like, tag your fight day people. And like, you know, you build out like an acronym, like F-I-G-H-T and like she tagged people and like, 
Well, all those things, like I almost never do it and I don't like to because you're going to leave people out, like just the nature of it. And so she had more like decon so that he wasn't tagged and he put a little sad gif. And so I, I, I put mine, I was like, here's my list. I had already done myself as a joke, but I was like, here's my other list. I forgot. And I put everyone as decrons. <laughs> the best. That's great. Um, because you know what? I'm a really, really good friend. But also, hey, that's funny. You're funny. Yeah, I'm funny. That's my favorite bit to do. That's really funny. I'm funny. <laughs> All right. Here. Oh, here is a uh, question. We haven't had one of these in a while where someone records it on their own and emails oh, it. Uh, also, to answer his question, my favorite color is green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my color actually used to be green. Um, when I was in high school in Vegas, my our school colors were black blue and silver bro that combo changed my life i i painted my fucking room that color after i left this well not out of like school spirit just of like this is what i need so mm -hmm. it's really kind of blue but i know that's like a sort of generic like guy thing to say that's why i like saying green's my favorite color but it's really black blue and silver like when the combo like that's it that's it got it love it all right here is a question from our girl, filthy. What's up, guys? It's your friendly neighborhood, filthy casual here, and I've got two questions for you this week. Question number one. Is Kelvin secretly just a welterweight with the munchies? Seriously, what the fuck? Question number two. Wanted to get your thoughts on the ESPN deal. Now, obviously, the deal was very good for the UFC, but I want to know if you think it was good for the fans. I see pros and cons. On the one hand, feels like there's more opportunities to see up and coming prospects, more movement in the rankings, and it just feels like there's always something going on. Now, on the other hand, it also has led to a lot more of these quote unquote low quality cards made up mostly of names that the average casual just isn't going to care about. So what do you think overall? Has ESPN been good for the fans or bad for the fans? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Love you both. Love the show. Hope you have a great week. And we love you. Listen, yes. Here's my thoughts. First of Kevin, all, let's address Kelvin Gaston. Yeah, Kelvin Gaston is a yes. Yes. <laughs> he was a career welterweight. I don't know at this point if he's if he's had more middleweight fights in the UFC than welterweight fights. Because they said he's had like 20 UFC fights. I was like, oh word? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Uh, because he literally like and they've done this before to him. Like he I think he missed weight against Neil Magny or something, and they made him go up. Uh and then he went back down and then he finally like drew a line and said, okay, I'm, I'm like, they did force him kind of, but like he finally like stuck to middleweight, but for a while he was like trying to make welterweight and like he can, he has successfully made welterweight a few times and like, he has to keep his eye in check, but he's literally like one of the only times that um, Shab has ever made any sense to me was he was talking about Kelvin missing weight all the time where he missed weight. I don't know if it was this time, but he did, he definitely missed weight bad against uh, Cerrone. Like he was supposed to fight Cerrone at uh, msg at ufc 205 the debut a debut of madison square garden like the it was previously illegal in new york <clears throat> miss weight so bad apparently earlier in the week on instagram he was like posting or maybe it was like during fight camp but it was close to the fight he was like real mexican dinner and it was like a bunch of burritos and talking like a huge spread and he was like bro fucking real mexican dinner how about don't eat that and make weight like he doesn't have it like and, and I personally like struggle with food addiction. I eat yeah. a fucking ton and I cannot put food down sometimes. So I'm not like fat shaming, body shaming. 
Right. But yeah. bro, you're a professional athlete. You have to make a certain thing. Like your body doesn't really fit the composition of middleweight, but you can make welterweight with some sacrifice. Like, and, 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 I, and I know Kelvin like is paid pretty well. Like they all could make more. They all deserve more. But Kel- Kelvin's managed by Ali. He's had several main events and tie and title fights. Well, several main events and a t- interim title fight. Right. He had a title yeah. shot against Whitaker. Like that fell through. Like you paid well. Get a good nutritionist and make a fucking weight. Make a fucking yeah. weight at welterweight. Like don't yeah. don't not make weight. And 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 for like I like when guys move up because I hate cutting weight. And I know it's like a necessary evil in the sport, so I don't like talk about it too much because I've never done. It. And people's like, oh, well, you can't cut weight. You never talk about cutting mm-hmm, weight, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Kelvin, you welterweight. Go back to welterweight. <laughs> Be welterweight. I don't know, like. Especially like he had a narrative for a while, like he had a split decision loss to Tyron Woodley. And I hate when people like hang their he never really did, like like Marvin did with fucking Israel. Um, but like there was a time where he was like, Maybe I could go back to Walter White. I mean, I have a split decision loss against and st- that was when Woodley was still champ. He's like the current champ, you know, one judge thought I won, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. If you look at his his frame, he's a lot closer to the 170-pound division. So yeah. Just do it. Uh yeah. Yeah. I mean he's she's just uh just got the munchies. Um now it's funny that she said I walked away with the munchies because I'm pretty sure she was like <laughs> she sent this in. She's like, I did a little wake and bake, so can I just record it on my own? <laughs> I um as far as the ESPN deal goes, uh uh putting it on a Putting it on ESPN as a sports, you know, brand. Um, good choice. Uh, the negatives of it are, well, here's the thing. You said, you said that, you know, filled with fighters that don't know anyone's names. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I barely remember any fighters ever in general. I, I probably, there's probably going to be a couple, uh, there's probably going to be a question. I, I'm pretty sure I think I already uh, previewed i think uh yugi's question um that's going to be coming up mm. about about all the champions i'm gonna tell you i have no idea i already saw it i know what the question is guess what i don't know who any of these fighters are and and that's not even broken down by like and it might seem when the question comes out it might seem sexist but i don't know who anyone is at all in general so no. that's the thing that's the thing that makes it that's the thing that makes it cool for me is that these names that you wouldn't know otherwise are getting to fight, like I said, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I, I, I know between now and when we answer that question, definitely pull up the rankings. Keep going. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, but as as like a walking, standing person who's watching it, like, because guess what? I'm being honest on this podcast. I I watch the UFC almost. I've watched it almost every single weekend since I've had this since we've been on this podcast. But also before that point, I was watching it. But more importantly, if, if, if I have to, like, I just don't, it's just so much, I don't, I don't care. Wow. You're listening to a main podcast where I say, I don't care. I really don't care enough to, to listen, but when a good fight is on, a good fight is on. So that's, what's so exciting for UFC for me, you know, 
fighter a versus fighter b that's literally what they could be called and guess what i'd probably still forget is that fighter a or b i that's how bad i am with names juice is obviously the complete opposite and literally is having a conniption inside of his body he's literally about to explode out of his asshole that i don't know more names but i'm letting you know that i just don't care i just don't care to learn i don't care to get involved in that information anymore but the thing about the espn deal that's the worst Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it for everyone to all agree, and I cannot wait to get a million cheers, and everybody better follow this fucking podcast. The worst thing of the ESPN deal was fucking Max Kellerman. The worst thing of the fucking ESPN deal. We thought, we thought, we thought it was Stephen A. For two seconds, we thought it was Stephen A. Max Kellerman got us begging for Stephen A. Yeah. What the fuck? That uh, of, of all the things the ESPN deal, whatever anyone's on money, blah blah blah. Max Kellerman talking about MMA is the worst thing that could have happened. Worst. It's That's my worst. opinion. That's my opinion. I and I'll look. I'll look at the rankings. I guess for the whatever the question is. But. Max Kellerman is like if you if you took like and he's not that old by the way so i'm not saying a dig on him specifically but the energy is like a like when like a grandpa is like trying to make some sort of connection with their grandkids and is like oh what about the what about the justin beavers what do you what do you think about that and is like sort of trying to compare like oh i remember in my day or whatever like that's the fucking kind of energy that max Kellerman brings and we don't need it dude we don't um but I want to talk about the ESPN deal in general and how, what I think about it is like to, to reference, like what you're talking about or what she kind of referenced in the question is like, it's banquet food. It's just the fact that they have to fulfill so many fights and they're having to sign all these people that maybe weren't ready for the UFC. And then and, and COVID plays a big part of that too. Like some people just that are ready or, or would otherwise be ready. Can't fight because of protocols or like, you know, travel restrictions and things like that. Um, or they can't train because their gym is shut down or whatever. Like there's just so many other factors. So they're having to sign people that otherwise wouldn't be ready. And that's why we're getting these sort of like <clears throat> no name fighters, which is great for them, but not so great for us. Um, but as far as the deal itself, the deal does not benefit the fighters. They're not getting any money for that. Like, Oh, I- exposure. They're getting a little bit of exposure. I think I talked about this before. Like that's like how like actors like myself and, and, and you're a paid actor now, but like, like when you're in the, like the theater scene, like I am regional theater, you get paid in fucking experience and exposure, like, Oh, resume credit. Like this will be mm-hmm. great for you. Like, that's what that's, that's how they're benefiting from the TV deal. They're not benefiting it, not financially anyway. So like, what, what the fuck is this? And, and, and the fact that we put, listen, I want the UFC to just go back to fight pass. And, and the product itself needs work. It's a terrible app and needs fixing and they can make those changes. But the fact that ESPN plus exists, it's a streaming service we have to pay for. So you can get it even if you don't have a cable subscription and they still have fucking commercials Then I pay money for this service and it's going up, dude. It was $4.99 a month. Now it's going to be $7.99 a month. You better fucking fix that shit and not give me fucking commercials. And sometimes they don't even have commercials and they're say, oh, your broadcast will return. They play, they have a fucking background of a guy playing soccer. Hey, get that shit out of there. Let me see what's going on in the corners. Let me see the walkouts. Let me see all of that. Like they fucked up with this and uh, it's just so fucking ridiculous. We, we got a voice question that was just sent to the buzzer that I just saw, um, which we're going to get to in a second. Sent in Um, at the buzzer. You mean now? 
yeah literally now <laughs> literally just now um bro the the, the espn deal infuriates me so much because of the lack of revenue share and and the fact that the fighters aren't benefiting from that so why why, why do i care that it's on a big network that i didn't care about before i don't watch sports but right, some right. people do and some people are like oh yeah it's cool and like you know they're on it like I remember talking to people that like you were know, watching UFC in like 2011, and they were like, "Oh yeah, when John Jones was on ESPN, it felt really cool. Like the the sport like got to that thing." It was like, "Yeah," but now that we're where we are and and where we need to be, we don't need the, the WWE. And I like right. they have That's they a have a very broadcast good deal example. where they're yeah. on like I think they're on Fox now. Like after <clears> the <throat> UFC left the deal with Fox, the the Fox signed with WWE, but they also have their app that is a streaming service that they pay for. The, the fans pay 20 bucks a month it might be 30 and they get all the pay-per-views included like mm-hmm. you can be a casual wrestling fan and not have the app and the pay the pay-per-view whatever but if you are a hardcore and you pay that service you get the pay-per-view included and that's what they should do dude give it i'll pay 20 to 30 bucks a month for fight pass if the pay-per-views are included and you give me cards without fucking commercials dude that's it it's all I ask for. Love it. Love it. Let's hear this question. All right. Yeah. This other question was just submitted by our homie MMA Catfish. Um, and it literally came in. I was actually, uh, he sent it from his anchor account. So it says Tat Daddy. And I was just listening to his podcast, Catfishing with the Tat Daddy. He went off on fucking Joe Biden, dude. <laughs> like he went off on Joe Biden. Um, wow. This is so weird. The, t- the I haven't even listened because it just came in. I've previewed it. The title of the epi- like the message you can title it. It says "Real Estate's Prices on the Sun." Before we recorded this podcast, I was just at an open house, so that's weird. Hey, Julio, it's your boy MMA Catfish. Hey, kind of late with the question, but I just thought of something I wanted to talk about. Jared Cannonier, number three. He says he's broke. I get it. Fighter pay sucks, even though like the fighters themselves don't really seem to give a shit enough to make a difference. Any hoozy, uh, yeah. I mean, this is also a guy who said he wants to live in the center of the sun. Yeah, not even on the sun. He said he wants to live in the sun. So, you know, maybe he has made some poor decisions financially. We I mean, we got to factor that in sometimes. Just saying. FMB. Uh, so to uh, he's to, right. to answer his question, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if he's broke, just send him to the sun. If that's what we're gonna, if that's how we're gonna be putting this together, if that's what he wants to do, yeah, just put him in the sun. Yeah, just put him in the sun. <laughs> and that's my answer because we already talked about fighters being broke, and we've we've already beat that horse to death. It would already be that horse to death. Yeah, you're right. But I'm I'm glad that he sent that in and we we're able to play it because you guys should check out his show. Um, fucking a dude <laughs> speaking of dude phil the mma dude send in the next question let's go i gotta remember the timestamp because like sometimes he was like you guys didn't play my question i'm like no we did uh here we go hey juice and leo this is phil the mma dude from the split decision podcast here here's my question for the week is middleweight the most boring division in the ufc why is this not discussed more i feel like you've got adesanya who's at the top now we've got Robert Whitaker, who's clearly right below him. If it's not, we'll see. There's, you know, there's that big fight there. But that's it. It's like Izzy, then Whitaker a little bit below him, 
and then everyone else. We've already seen Whitaker Cannoneer. We just saw, you know, Gastelum can't get a win to save his life. And uh, that's my question, part one. Is middleweight the most boring? And part two, where does Kelvin Gastelum go from here? Is he going to get cut? He's literally, uh, he's lost uh, five of his last six. Five of his last six. So I'm just wondering, you know, what can he do to improve and where do you think he goes from here? Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I'll answer the first part of that. Um, uh, based off what I said earlier about the fight between Cannoneer and Gaslam, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I already answered that question earlier too, I suppose, um, which obviously Juice is against. But, I mean, number three and number nine. and Oh, and then to answer part two, where does Gaslam go from here? The buffet. <laughs> You're foul for that, dude. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. When he sent that, I was like, no. And I started thinking, like, let me give this some time. Let me give this some, some headspace here. Let me dedicate some time to this. Because this is a valid question to say that, you know, a particular division is boring. There are certainly more exciting divisions. I mean, 155, when it's moving, is a very exciting division. Bantamweight is hella exciting right now. Flyweight is very exciting. But in terms of the amount of what's going on at middleweight, First of all, you have a champion in Israel, Adesanya, who is wanting to be an active champion. Now, because of COVID pro- protocols, like he, he's in New Zealand, they have to quarantine two weeks before they like can re-enter the country. So there has to be like a lot of time allotted for, for certain things. So Izzy can't fight as much as he wants to before that, dude. He was fighting like four times a year. Um, not necessarily as champion, but like when he became champion, what, what was it? Uh, I think it was 2019. Yeah, when he, when he beat... Uh, Whitaker, and then before that, he had the fight with Gaslam that got the interim title back to back amazing fights. Then has the stinker with Yoel because Yoel is a piece of shit. And then the pandemic happened, it was just it's not his fault. And so he had Costa Vittori. My man is trying to stay active, but besides that, besides what he mentioned about you know having Whit- Whitaker is there, you have Cannoneer just, just had an amazing performance. Who is like I said, it could be the rightful spot after Rob. I'm not saying he jumps him after rob or, or the winner rob could be izzy who, who knows you know but he he's he's next in line um and 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 if if rob beats him then the the, the trilogy is there which is always exciting fucking you have uh kelvin gaslam is not an exciting middleweight but darren till middleweight is very exciting um even though he hasn't been winning sean strickland versus uriah hall great fucking fight sean strickland even though he's a crazy motherfucker and now i want him to get knocked the fuck out because of those fucking really shitty instagram uh, messages that were posted on the fucking timeline holy shit fuck sean strickland and everything he stands for fuck sean strickland um you have brendan allen who now i'm starting to pick his side i just i, I just decided i'm a brendan allen fan now I'm not, I'm not a Brendan Allen hater anymore. I'm a Brendan Allen fan. That fight with Punahele Soriano, another exciting prospect, that was a fucking banger. You have uh, Tom Breeze, who is an exciting middleweight. You have Jack Marshman, who is an exciting middleweight. Middleweight is full of exciting fighters. It just, right now, they don't really get to show that because of the way the situation is. But personally, I do not think middleweight is a boring division. And by the way, that's not me saying that as a Izzy stand. I'm not even trying to just to defend him. I'm trying to not really defend, but just make a case for the amount of exciting contenders that I think are in that weight class. Um, that said, um, the other question, 
Kelvin Gaslam. I don't think Kelvin Gaslam should get cut, but I do think he, and, and regardless of what I think, like if I think he should, he won't because Ali is his manager. And like, there's no, like, if he, if he gets terribly finished in his next couple of fights, maybe, but I don't see that happening. He needs to take a long, hard look at his career. He needs to take a long, hard look at his pantry and his fridge and figure that shit out. Get a nutritionist, get on a right diet plan and make 170. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cause That's he's it. a great fighter. He is, he yeah. is a great fighter. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he's amazing. He uh, beat the dog shit out of Tim Kenny, which will forever like Tim Kenny's a terrible human being. Fucking love uh, Kelvin Gaston for doing that. Knocked out Vitor Belfort. Um, got strangled by Chris Weidman. <laughs> Weidman is another well, no, Weidman should not be fighting. Luke Rockhold is coming back. Luke Rockhold is fighting Sean Strickland. Bro, speaking of me saying I'm going to uh, be excited about Brendan, uh, you know, I'm picking, I'm on Brendan Allen's side if they fight again. How about this? Oh, no. I'm picking Luke Rockhold to beat Sean oh, Strickland. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm backing Rockhold. That's how you know Sean Strickland is a terrible fucking human being. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, like Rockhold at least isn't Rockhold super, is like, yeah, not, he's just, I just he's hate just, him. Like, yeah, yeah, I get he's it. Just, He's just an arrogant asshole and I hate yeah. him and he's way too good looking to be existing on this planet. Like I just fucking right. hate him. I think but, it, at the end of the day, every time you see him on screen, you're just like, I'm just so mad. I'm not inside of him. That's yeah, what you think, exactly. Right? Well, I'm, I'm bottom. So, uh, but, <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> but anyway, I'm just so um, mad. He's not inside of me. There we go. Like when they were, when they were like, uh, Luke Rockwell has good top control. I'm like, <laughs> say that again, daddy. What'd you say? Me, strawberry. strawberry. Okay, banana um, split cookie. <laughs> Leo and I had this fucking coworker at uh, the aforementioned Beverly Hills BMW, and there was a. Uh, this is on Wilshire Boulevard. There was like a, a cookie shop, a few like a little bakery, a few blocks away called Milk Jar Cookies. You can look it up if assuming it's still there. It should still they be would, there. They would fresh bake cookies, but they would do something called like a uh I forget what they did, but like even when it was fresh baked, it wasn't like hot. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like I an remember, air yeah. bake or something like that. So like if I got there right when they made them out, they were a little warm, but they were never like you would never get like piping hot fresh cookies. Mm. They had one that was like the banana split where it was like, it had like butterscotch chips, banana in mixed in with the dough and like a little strawberry on top. And I was saying this, I was telling it to another of our coworkers. His name was Troy. And he was like, you got to watch on the Patreon because I was like each ingredient. He was like, yeah, <laughs> like his jaw got just like a little bit more open. And it was like, banana dough. Oh. and then yeah. butterscotch chips and strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then, yeah, and he and he he smelled bad, and always uh, asked. Uh, I always kept saying, like, uh, "Get ready to meet my future ex-wife." <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy, and would like shake hands with women and never wash his hands. And then he'd be like, "Neat." <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "Yeah, he's probably listening right now. Like, you guys don't need to roast me like that." Anyway, neat. Uh, all right, we're, uh, what's next? What's the next question? Answer? What's the next question? That's all. That's it for voice question. I think I'm just gonna double check because we did have that last uh, minute submission by. Um, oh wait, we were daddy. on we were on Twitter. So yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, now we're going to move to, to Twitter. So thank you, Phil, for that question, Cook, even though I just disagree with your take on middleweight. But that's okay because I still love Phil. Um, and go listen to his podcast, the Split Decision Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have the forum. We have way more questions on Twitter. Than, last night we got no questions, and I was so like, this is going to be – that's what prompted me to do the Patreon post again. And now I decided I'm going to do it uh, every week because I like it. Um, but, like – People showed up in the fucking um, question. Yeah. The first I, question I, I'm going to read. I can't wait. We're already at two hours. Can't wait for this to be five hours. Yeah. Um, the Baines MMA, the Bane at the Baines MMA says, how tall is filthy? And she protested. She was like, this isn't MMA related. And I said, no, it is because you represent the filthy fucking casual division of the fan base. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a swing and say five, seven. I'm going to say five, four. Okay. And that is even more MMA related. You know why? Joe Rogan is five, four. Great. I love and this it. This is proven by someone on YouTube. <laughs> this is amazing compilation. I watched that. Um, I think it was freelance goon sent the group chat. It might've been a hectic one, both two of the funniest motherfuckers on Twitter. Uh, sent the fucking sent the fucking video and the person who clipped this video was a genius so they took the clip of of neil degrasse tyson's episode one of them he's been on a couple times neil degrasse tyson goes on jre and he's like how tall are you and joe rogan goes five eight and then they did like an echo was like five eight five eight five eight like with like a with like a distortion in the voice and then they showed a fucking compilation of Joe Rogan standing next to fighters whose heights are public because they get measured for the fights and it posted on and a bunch of fighters that are like five, 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 six being a little taller than him. And I think there was one fighter that was five, four, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like dead even. And I was like, Joe Rogan, you, my friend are not five, eight, you are five, four, which is what I'm guessing filthy casual is. Good choice. Good guess. Although I believe five seven, I just think it's five four. Okay, I like it. Could be wrong. <laughs> Bane coming in with the high questions last time. He was like, "How how tall? What was it? The last question? It was like, what's your vertical or how how big is your vertical?'" By the way, did you ever figure out that whatever you said was way too much, and you're like, "I'm gonna guess 30. Oh, my vertical? No, I never figured it out because I it's figured. too confusing. It's too confusing. It was confusing. But also, you were supposed to figure out how many licks to the center of a tootsie pop. And, and I haven't done that yet. I can do that today. I think I have a, I have a cheat meal today. That's okay. right, guys. I'm fucking trying to lose weight, get my fucking winter body, be, <laughs> be skinny in my flannels. I'm trying to actually now that I have a new job that gives me more free time. I'm like, let me work some exercise yeah. into the routine. Yeah, let me fucking do a couple of squats and fucking do the Kelvin Gaslam diet. Right. Anyways, uh-huh. keep going. This question is amazing. It's from Zach Friedrich. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think I said that every episode. At Zach underscore Friedrich. He says, you've been captured by the Yakuza Mm. who have figured out time travel. Your only chance of escaping alive is for a fighter of your choosing from any weight class or era to survive five rounds with Francis Ngannou. Who are you picking? Steve Miocic. Prime Stipe. I mean, no, they're one right. and one, so just, like just the Stipe that survived in Ganu, <laughs> not the, the one, one that didn't. Yeah, just the one who already did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> My just to make it interesting, Prime Fedor. 
Ooh. Prime Fedor with a fucking granite chin and amazing Sambo judo uh, skills. Take that motherfucker down, you know break his arm. Before I go any further, sea level cane. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Love that for you. No, um, you know what? Below sea level, Stipe. There we are. Love that. That's it. That's the one. All right. This next question is from Mixed Estate Fair Fan at Mixed Man. He literally, I guess he lost a bet. I thought he was trolling, but he lost a bet. His at just like a day ago before this, it was Mixed a Dude Fucker. <laughs> or like Mixed a Real Girl. And his Abby was a girl. I was like, are you catfishing, bro? <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, he said, I think contender series is far superior to tough. Please discuss. Uh, yeah. And, and to discuss, we're not going to discuss tough used to, we already, we already talked about this before tough used to be good because of controversial opinions and, and the house personalities being full of of meatheads personalities are getting to come in and fight on contender series. And we don't have to worry about the, the, the fake, bullshit now that's the thing that's a problem with something like tough is that like the formula from re- for reality tv the tough the tough setup needed needs a revamp um mm-hmm. it should go back to like cooler challenges it should go back like further into that like a lot more challenges like a lot more to show the personalities of each person because at the end of the day those personalities are just everyone's just boring in that fucking house right now just get more personalities and with the contender series it feels closer to what like tough's intentions are than what tough is here's my thing if if these shows came out at the same time if they were running like a pilot to see which show was better i think starting out tough would win the problem is where they are now like the contender series has proven itself to be like a wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Before we, I need some clarification on that. Do you, are you saying that if contender series and tough came out in the exact same year that they came out in, are you saying like starting today? Uh, oh, good point. Because um, arrow arrow wise, t- of course. I mean, are you kidding me? Tough came out at the height of reality TV anyway. Like yeah. we were, we America couldn't get enough. Like, now like some reality tv will hit and then you'll be like yeah that's the show to watch but back then everyone was like oh my god flavor of love rock of love these things vh1 has it oh this the bachelor's doing this all that stuff yeah big brother yeah all this stuff amazing yeah there was too many and we couldn't get enough so of course but now if they like in 2021 if they said tough season one and contender series season one when we're talking about with zero personalities I'm telling you, the ratings would tank on fucking tough because nobody would come back and be like, I want to see what the drama don't give a fuck because they're the well, same. The premise the is the same. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about when they were like, forget year, like when they're first introduced, like because at that point they needed that to get the sport into like people's eyes and living rooms to know what it is like now we know what it is. So now if like whatever format you do it in tough is going to fail um but i think contender series i don't like it but to his point it is a superior vehicle to like build talent and and sign fighters with like tough it's like like okay here's my one of my problems with it 
Josh Parisian, UFC heavyweight right now, was just on Combat Sports with Rhino a couple weeks ago. Amazing interview. You have to check it out. But he, he was on Contender Series, scores this amazing knockout, okay? And, and there's already not enough guys at heavyweight, okay? You could have signed him. Like sometimes a featherweight or a lightweight will go on there, have an amazing performance, and Dana will be like, listen, it's a numbers thing. We have a lot of featherweights right now. I don't think we're going to be able to give you fights you know, let's keep you on the roster or whatever, keep you in the Rolodex or whatever. They could have signed Josh right away. They fucking read the winners and they were like, and Josh Parisian, you're going to go on tough. That's a, that's a back step. That's a downgrade. Like he had to then go into a house and like go to that bracket tournament and the the whole format. Like he shouldn't have had to do that. I'm glad that he's in a UFC now and like he didn't win tough. So that could have been detrimental to his career. But what the fuck? But my thing with contender series, the whole like essence of it is they just reward finishes and it doesn't always like showcase technique. You have these people because of that mindset, it's like they're, they're dangling the carrot of the contract out in front of them. And so they're just like, going crazy trying to just deliver these fights and sometimes they're sloppy dude that's my whole thing with contender series and it feels cringe like to be like after every fight they're like please give me that contract please give me that contract it's like we already cringe when fighters in the ufc beg for a bonus imagine like they're begging they're literally begging for a job i don't it feels like a weird game show yeah they're like begging for it but like i think that that's that's where i think that's where me and al gore's wife can probably agree on the idea of like the human cockfighting concept like i think that that the contender series is really going at that idea you know what i mean like like that but but at the same time like die in the ring like for me like you know like it's kind of weird like i'm kind of stuck between two parts i'm kind of stuck like die in the ring for me and beg like oh wait do they beg i don't watch contender series but they beg on contender series like at the end did you know it's my fucking kink so gonna start watching contender series because what the fuck but um (laughs) no uh but but i think that that's where al gore's wife and me kind of are like this on that is that the idea senator mccain but go off (laughs) it could have been both i don't know I think no, she was. A, I think they were a big advocate about about just fighting. I think you have being against UFC, the UFC fighting. I think I think Al Gore's wife was. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Um, could be both. But but I uh, yeah, but, but if I but if I was, um, I don't care. Uh, so let's keep moving on. Uh, let's keep moving. Um, but I just mean that that the contender series is definitely like the what what they're talking about in at, at the senate and talking about like ufc being like that like the contender series is probably like that what is what they're you know what i mean like the idea yeah. of like these people like i'm struggling like you know what i mean like it's not like yeah like aggressive it's like oh i fucking i've killed this guy now pay me and they're like no so like yeah. i understand that that idea but uh, it, it should have been the heir apparent to tough like once tough died down they canceled it's like okay have yeah. contender series we don't need both yeah, we like, don't. We don't need both. We, like I said, we do need tough, but I need MAGA people in there. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry to everyone that doesn't agree with this, but we need healthy discourse. The reality is, is that everybody needs healthy discourse. We cannot all be in an echo chamber. I yeah. understand responsibility culture and uh, accountability culture, but healthy discourse is important. If we are all in an echo yep. chamber, we're all fucked. So let's get some people who 
our Make America Great Again in there to contrive with someone who has a different idea of them and that the fact that they can beat the shit out of them. Then what's even better is that we can root for the fuck. MAGA jaw is the biggest thing ever. As much as anyone yes. wants to say about Colby Covington and his shtick and all that stuff and it's stupid and whatnot. Guys, do you have any idea how much everyone fucking celebrated that he got his jaw broken by Kumaro Usman? Like, I came we, so hard. We, like I'm saying, it's because we hate that opinion. We hate, we don't like that opinion. But to not have that opinion gives us no friction, which gives us no drama, which makes it dead in the water. That's why tough is dead in the water. Yeah, no, you're and right. And that's it. I, we need problematic people. We, 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 honestly, we need problematic opinions that do not lead to problematic actions. Yeah. Which is a fine line. It I, is I'm a just, very fine line. It's, it's the finest line on the planet Earth. That's but the problem. I like the conflict problem, is the essence of drama and like there's no conflict on this right. show. Right. That's what I mean. But that's the thing. Rising conflict is, is a part of it. But that's, that's the problem. Donald Trump is a piece of shit. But what makes Donald Trump the worst piece of shit is the people that follow him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like that's you have to be able to separate those two. Donald Trump is bad, but what's worse are people who will wholeheartedly die on a on a hill for that person. So Did you hear that he told people at his own rally to get vaccinated and he got booed. Right. That's what, because everyone can be swayed at any point. But I just mean, like I said, the tough just put him in there. Put people with controversy. Put why I don't understand why Dana wouldn't put that in there. Like that's what I don't understand. He's like these are the best fighters, and I guess the idea is that they don't want to get canceled. But like, come on, man. Like we violent. Sorry, discourse. Healthy discourse is important. Yes. Actions leading to hurting other people is not. We can all agree on that. But not having any difference of opinion is bad. Factually, just factually, just so you know, growth doesn't happen unless you have opposition. See you around. Yep. Bye-bye. Well said. All right. This next question is from, and thank you, Mixta, for that question. Um, the next question is from Richard Dubler. I want to shout out at, at tricky underscore dick 86. He says, is it time for a consideration to be made regarding downgrading Kelvin's competition? Does Cannoneer's performance warrant jumping Bobby Knuckles? Because I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I spent too much time because we've already kind of belabored this but, point. Well, kind of, but, but I like he, we're, you know, we're, we're that fight really kind of brings into a factor, a very important thing of like three and nine, like, let's be yeah. on Like, you know, like we've had yeah, he that brings up a very good point about that. A lot of competition. Times. I maintain that it's the weight. It's the, it's the size of these other guys. Like I think he needs to go down to welterweight. Right. But what I'm saying is, is like, he needs to fight number eight. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, this was a late, he was a late replacement. Like he, Kenner was yeah. supposed to fight. Costa, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I think he, I think his hair plugs or something. Yeah, it was the hair plugs, <laughs> the worst excuse ever for canceling a fight, and they look like shit. Um, but yeah, no. To answer his other question, absolutely not. Cannonier does not warrant jumping Bobby Knuckles one hundred and fifty percent. No, 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 no. Because like, if it was, if Cannonier. St- Stunting, like stun, st- stun, stunted. Stun. If he was stunted on, if he had stunted on Gaslam, like wholeheartedly, like if the yeah. fight wasn't super close, I'd be like maybe. But because of the fact that Whitaker already beat Cannoneer, 
that's the pro like you that's your and Kelvin. Right. Yeah. But that's he beat that, that's like I said, that's the problem is that like that it's a little bit jumbled. And also, like I said, uh Gaslam gave uh Izzy his hardest fight, like ever of all time. So that's the weird that's the weird part. Is that is that for Cannoneer as well, on top of that, like he didn't show up spectacular. If he had showed up let's let me put it this way. If Cannoneer had showed up spectacularly, I mean talking like like every like every round just really, really stunted on him. I think they would have given Cannoneer to Adesanya. I really do, but he didn't. So Probably. we're not, but that's, that's not what we're looking for. So we're looking at Whitaker and, um, and Izzy again. Yeah. All right. This next question is from, this is a, this is a new follower. Uh, I want to say her name, right? The name is low at is Lou Berry B. She says, do you think current fighters who commentate should be able to call fights in their current division or do they show too much bias towards those competing, both positive and negative? Hope I worded that correctly. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I don't like when active fighters commentate. I think if you're going to make it like you have to retire because you're taking away jobs from broadcasters that could have potentially done this job. And it, like, if you're going to balance it with fighting, it gets a little tricky. Like, I like that Paul Felder's retired now. I mean, he was always professional when he was uh, still fighting. You know, most, I think I was thinking about it. Most of the fighters or most of the commentators that are former fighters are no longer fighting. Uh, Bisping, retired. Felder, retired. DC, retired. Dominic Cruz should be retired. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love it. Uh, like, you know, that's that's it. And, and, and Dominic is pretty bad at hiding his bias like he doesn't get he doesn't like talk trash like he does when he's trying to sell a fight with his opponents but he's like you know that's why it doesn't this guy can't hang in our division or whatever he'll say something that like i feel like is biased so yeah i don't i don't like that i like even if you're trying to hide your bias that in itself is a bias they need to be able to just call it down the middle or or put their own spin on it but not be uh like she said either positive or negative like when 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 there's already going to be conflict of interest like whenever dc is commenting on like duran wins fights he has to work extra hard to be biased because like that's what he like mentored that guy and he like trains with them in the gym so like it's super hard um to have that bias or sorry to to, to hide that bias that it almost like they need to actively avoid the the conflict of interest and to to not have any like fight to that weight class on the night is so hard you know yeah i i don't know i i i if i if i were like a fighter that's in the division uh and was comment like had to comment uh on a fight like that had another fighter okay. in my division yeah uh commentate on yeah i would just like just talk about how much better i was the entire time i just lean into my bias exactly. i just be like and you know what? even if I was ranked lower, if like, you know what I mean? Like Michael Chiesa, like the next time he sees, um, what's his name? Next time he sees Luke fight, he's just like, look at this fucking guy. I hope he doesn't fucking jack off later. Look at this fucking piece of shit over here. Anyway, these two bums aren't fit to hold my jock. Yeah, exactly. He, just, he literally <laughs> just lost. I love it. I, same thing. Same thing with, um, uh, with Bilal, they should do like Leon Edwards uh, versus like Nate and have Bilal comment on it and be, and like have, uh, you know, how DC does the circling thing. Have Bilal like circle Leon Edwards and be like, look, watch right here. He's about to try to finger poke. I'm telling he's going to eye poke him right now. He's about to eye poke. I, I would love because at, like Bro, at imagine the day, like, Leon Edwards creates, commentating. 
I'm a I'm on ten five. Sorry, now is in the welterweight division, the toughest division in the sport. Invisible. Boys, I'm on a nine five one three. <laughs> anyway, we have these two guys who, uh, one of them finished me, Kamaru Usman. Other guy, Vicente Luque, I beat him. But anyway, they're fighting for the title, which I should be fighting. I don't know why I'm commentating instead of fighting. Yeah, I'm commentating. <laughs> Imagine the fucking this definitely what would happen. Like, God, oh, dang. listen, we gave the next shot to Luke, hey, but hey, we have an on. open spot for commentating. Hey, Kamar Usman, what do you think? Yeah, I've wanted that fight this whole time. What do you think about commenting on one of the fights? <laughs> but I'm on a Tim fight on the street. They just tease him. They just tease him like, we got a job opportunity for you. All right, I love it. I'll be waiting on a name. It involves Kamaru Usman. Right, yep. let's go. It's a champ. I'm ready for this. I'm on a uh, 10 5 one streak. One of them is a no contest because I fucking pulled Bilal on the eye. He's going to be fighting, say me, Leon Edwards. I yeah. know it's my name. Come <laughs> yeah. on, next. I know I'm going to fight him. You don't need to Vicente keep stalling. Say Luke. Oh, what the... Oh, for some reason, that was a very British person who just said Vicente Luque. Vicente. Similar to fucking um, Kutalaba. Ewan Kutalaba. This fight takes place in the 205 pound division. Ewan Kutalaba is fighting Margaret Akalaya for the fifth time. Oh, boy. That was, that was such a good, satisfying ending to that thing. After the, mm. all the, 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 yeah, after all the fucking debate, cancellations, yeah, fuckery, and the yeah. fucking fuckery, they're like, okay, yeah, flatline this dude. Yeah, I loved it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, j- j- yeah, I, the bias of, of that, like, whatever, like, because I, I don't, we've, Juice already said it before, but, um, I, I'm, I'm there to be entertained. And if the guy wants to throw a side jab or something, I don't care. Like, just throw like a jab at the fucking fighter. I don't give a shit yeah. because because we already have a bot. We already have biases. You have a lot of fighters. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. there's I been at me. least I could never 15, be a commentator. I was gonna say there's been at least 15 or 16 fighters that have come out and been like, yeah, I saw the broadcast and they're definitely like biased towards this yeah. fighter. You know what I mean? Like and 100%. And, and and they and and you know what I mean? Like on Twitter, Twitter's the fastest thing on the fucking planet Earth. Where they'll be like, check the tape, and then it'll be like. You know Joe Rogan and and uh, DC being like, you know, oh he's hurt or this or that, and then like that, but no action will be happening. But it's like, yeah, he's doing a really good job of aiding. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly a bias towards one fighter. Bro, imagine me as a commentator. All right, uh, next up is Kevin Holland, who outwardly said that he doesn't think COVID is real. Let's hope he gets sent to the shadow realm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're very, you're very a mixture between like your bias and John Anik. <laughs> yeah, love John Anik. This fight is brought to you by Modelo. Kevin Holland recently joined the Olympic team. Wonder how that's going to help him. Anyway, your thoughts? I'm not as good as uh, I feel like I did the voice better, but uh, if you guys should go check out right now the Bane, Bane's MMA fucking pin tweet where he does the John Anik bit. So it's, funny. It's so good. Um. All right, this next question is from just some asshole at still some asshole. Uh, he says, Who will the UFC buy out first, PFL or Bellator? I feel uh, like it's this PFL. is, to, I, I think it's going to be PFL, but I, I kind of, uh, yeah. What if PFL and Bellator merge? That would be pretty cool. PFLator. P, yeah, or, or Bellafee or something like that. 
um, Bella V. Yeah, Bella V. Yeah, fu- yeah, fuck the Bellator name. Uh, uh, the investors in PFL are pretty, uh, pretty good. So like, and but Bellator has a lot of celebrity investors yeah, now, like yeah. Kevin Hart, but uh, fucking Wiz Khalifa, I think, and and, and Bellator, Bellator has it too. But uh, yeah, we need honestly, like, fuck it. If PFL is the way they are, they need to go the Triller route and fucking just start doing fucking crazy bonkers shit, so people start watching. <laughs> not not to be not, not to be rude towards the sport of MMA because we don't want to make a mockery of a fucking sport like MMA, but um, which it already fucking is. But is anyways, hard. at the same time, like we just like let's get fucking weird ass fucking fights going too. And PFL has an opportunity to do that because they have a lot of people getting very serious. I mean, fucking the Canadian gangsters doing pretty good in the PFL. Um, I and like him. let's have them like make a porno and then they, they air it on PFL. Done. Are you kidding me? Done. Like fucking, let's just have it be off the wall. Like, like let's have it be like the Toxic Avenger, like very fucking problematic, and let's fucking just go in with the fucking spectacle of it all. Because we might as well. The Toxic Avenger. (laughs) Remember before he falls in the acid and he's the fucking janitor and the thing is like, oh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I don't know why we both remember that, but his face in our head is like burned. Look like Mike Griffiths. That's why. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Right. Uh, yeah, I wanted to bang his girlfriend. Um, uh, I did. Uh, uh, fucking. You did. You did. <laughs> no, I I was at a theater conference uh, with her because we're both in Vegas. Finger? Okay, so on mic. So he's shaking his head, but off mic. No, 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 no. Yeah, he doesn't want to. Uh, Behind behind closed uh, fingers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you so much for that question, Frank. Uh, just some asshole. Go follow or uh, at still some asshole. Just some asshole. What a <laughs> what what a way. What a what a name. All right. This next question is from our homie Jimmy the Drunk at Paroli Proud. It says tickets for the Apex are two thousand dollars. Oh, what? Cool. Yeah. Well, there it's an exclude. Like, there's not a lot of seats there, and you're like, so there's no. Well, okay. Hold your thoughts. Sorry. Tickets for the Apex are two thousand dollars. It would be pretty cool being so close to everyone, but there are many better ways to spend two thousand dollars. Oh. If you were given two thousand dollars, and also an option to spend it on an up close experience at the Apex. Would you take it? If not, what would you spend it on? That's a that I love that question. I love the like, you know, your I love you know, I love capitalist questions. They're my favorite. <laughs> because here's why I love capitalism. I love capitalism. Um, because in my stomach, it just why did you just Trump hands, dude? Why'd you go? I love capitalism. Here's why. Here's why I love capitalism. Everyone, just before we go any further, I have the best words. All of my words are good. All my words capitalism are capitalism is great. Give me a second. <laughs> But more importantly, listen, I love capitalism. Here's why. Here's why I love these type of questions. Because what fills you with so much joy, which I think is so stupid. You guys, okay, this question is the best question of all time because it actually gets your endorphins going. What would you do with? And this is for, I I want to know how many people. What would you do with a million dollars? Can I tell you something? Throughout your entire life, you've probably been asked that question. uh, Because they call it the million dollar question what would you do with a million dollars, right? What happens in that moment as you think about it and you're even in the moment of being logical or whatever, 
it's all your dreams, quote unquote, coming true in that moment of the things that you had no inhibitions on. But the weird part about it is, is that you're romanticizing that and all the endorphins in your body are like, oh boy, that's a good, happy thought. Like, I can't fucking wait. So the idea of this question being $2,000 in my brain, I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait to spend $2,000. And I'm like, my endorphins are going crazy. Means that capitalism has failed us and we should all be a socialist country. (laughs) 100%. I'm too happy. I want to read here. Guys, I'm I'm too happy. I'm too happy right now to think about how I could spend $2,000 $2,000 or someone gave it to me way too happy for $2,000. Um, but if it was like disposable, just to whatever, that's a great question. Not- you want to read his reply. It was like, if you were given $2,000, I said, I just responded love it. Cause I already knew it's going to fucking get you going. And then he goes, Coke and strippers. <laughs> I definitely bought a little bit of cocaine. Uh, uh, upfront experience at the apex with two grand. If someone said, this is $2,000. You get to go to an apex event that of your choosing is the more important part. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the important part. If it was like, if they're just like, you get to go to, you get to go to something that's, uh, you get to go to Kamar Usman headline, uh, Kamar Usman and Leon Edwards. I'd be like, well, you can keep it. Um, Cause they've had some good cards. I mean, what was the one that uh, Amanda Nunez beat the shit out of Felicia Spencer? I'm pretty sure that was at the apex. Like they've had some great, like yeah, so that, title fights. That if I there. could, uh, DC Stipe three was at the apex. Yeah, you know if I could mean? pick. Yeah, if I could pick. Uh, oh yeah. I, I mean, I get, get the to pick. pick. I'd probably have take the two grand. And what would I spend two grand on? Uh, honestly, it's like uh, it's rent. Just one, one, one month's rent. Here's the thing for me. I would only spend that much on the UFC. Well, in this scenario, I've sort of been gifted or whatever, so what, what, that's fine. If it if I got to meet the fighters, like mm. you know, and, and that that's the thing where like being that close is cool. But if if you didn't get to meet them, like whatever. Yeah. For, not, for okay, go on. I'm taking that two thousand dollars, and I'm setting up a zip line from a fucking one of the buildings in my area down into my fucking uh apartment complex do you have any idea how expensive that would be two thousand dollars it would not be two thousand dollars first of all you know where you get stopped the fucking city being like no (laughs) you know i was actually gonna say like Put it in a field where just like my friends can come and I'll just, just have a party. Say go zip lining. <laughs> <laughs> you literally said I do from a party. Like, bro, that's so many schematics that are happening. Can I we're tell getting you? we're getting real, real like book like on them. Can I tell schematics. You the was in my mind. I was just at an open house and the house they had a zip line. <laughs> no but i wish they had everything but it was like it's backed up onto the bay right but there's like a whole bunch of like trees and stuff in the middle and then there's a path a bike path that goes along that way that i've ridden myself um and i was like oh does this have access to the bike path and he's like no because it's too high up and you know for security i was like oh yeah absolutely i don't want fucking randoms coming in the fucking real estate agent is like imagine if there was a zip line from here to the bike path and i was like yeah yeah let's put that in there yeah (laughs) If I had two thousand dollars, I'd try. <laughs> Bro, if I had two thousand dollars, I could buy the equipment and figure it out myself. <laughs> Die. It'd be on dangerous the, on the news. On the news. 
eccentric hipster spends way too little on a zip line and dies. <laughs> way too little. I love it. <laughs> and the headline is no Artie knows capitalism. Eccentric like, hipster grossly underestimates the cost of a fucking zip line <laughs> and falls to his death, which is only 20 feet because he couldn't get it any higher. <laughs> 20 feet above. And it'd be a slow death too. I'd be like, I broke every bone in my body. <clears throat> yeah, for some reason, my phone to call nine one one. Yeah, for some reason, he thought just regular thin rope would be enough. <laughs> and he he also said that he wanted to do uh, he wanted to buy a playground swing for it, which already was fifteen hundred dollars. For him the guy too. at Home Depot gave me a great deal on fishing line. <laughs> Capitalism is great, guys. Capitalism is fucking great. It's not, but it is. Mm. All right. Thank you, Jimmy the Drunk, for that epic fucking question. All right. Next question. And this is the last question of the forum is from our homie Yugi. It's Camrellum at Yugi MMA. Who are your contenders for all the women's titles? Who do you guys think deserves the title shots? Who are the true number one contenders? Because Laura Murphy is going to die against Val. (laughs) That's what he said. That's yeah, true. Um, so we're saying uh, for Val, we're saying who's the next victim, and then for the other ones, like who's more deserving. Um, well, I guess Amanda's already scheduled to fight Juliana Pena, which I guess. Um, I guess. I, love it. Um, I, I don't know that that fight is weird to me because it feels like like she literally got choked out by a kickboxer named Jermaine Duranami, and she's gonna fight Amanda Nunes, who's a a beast on the feet, b a beast on the ground and isn't going to give a fuck so like what are you gonna do um i guess okay so for fly uh actually let's do let's do straw weight uh no let's do straw weight um wow um yeah yeah uh Yeah, I, I mean, the, it already makes the 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 Whaley makes already makes the most sense. Um, no, for me, it's Carla. We talked about this already with. Carla's oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it yeah, has yeah. to be Carla Esparza next. Oh, Whaley, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She can go fight someone else. She can go fight Yoana. Uh, uh, she yeah, she can fight Yoana. She can fight uh, Tisha Torres again. <laughs> she can fight uh, Angela Hill. I would love to see that actually. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess Caitlin Chukagan could fight. Valentina, but didn't she already fight her and lose? She did, like, and she got crucifixed yeah. and then really yeah. kind of destroyed pretty yeah. badly. Yeah. Um, for me at Flyway, and this is just like me having fun. This isn't necessarily anything. I want to see Molly McCann versus Valentina Shevchenko. I want that so bad, dude. Mm, that's I a want, good one. Molly got me so hyped when I was like, I just started watching her on Cage Warriors, and she was on Ariel, and she had just gotten the Cage Warriors belt and got signed to the UFC. She was like. Like Valentina was, I don't even think Valentina might have not even been the champion yet. It was just like she was the uncrowned champ, and it was like, or whatever. Maybe she had just fought Priscilla Cachoeira. I don't know, but I could I could have sworn she was at least something. She gets on Ariel's show, she being Molly, and is like, "We're both from somewhere like fucking real dirty. Like we're just from that scummy fucking place where we'll just fucking go, and we're gonna give it all our all, and we're gonna give you a hell of a fight." She's from fuck, fuck, what Poland or that fuck, Russia, wherever. It's Kyrgyzstan. But she was like, she's from somewhere. We're both going to fucking scrap. And I was like, 
yes dude i need to see that so badly even though like molly has has like you know not done so well against grapplers and valentina has shown that she can grapple with the with grapplers like i just i need to see that fight i need to see molly in there okay. um that's not even a fucking thing although if we're being honest like tatiana if she please please match her up with someone else against roxy my heart can't take that if Tatiana beats whoever she beats, like let's say give her a top opponent, I want to see Tatiana versus Valentina. That's the fucking seed. All right. <clears throat> uh, and did we? Oh, for featherweight, I want to see Irene Aldana, who's not even in that weight class, but she fucking missed bantamweight. It's like, why not? Let's fight Amanda at featherweight. What do you? What have you got to lose? Yeah. What do you have to lose? Uh, except you know you're. You're losing against yeah, except you losing against Amanda. You're gonna lose about that's the thing, it's like the champion at 135 is Amanda, champion at 145 is Amanda. Just go up, just go up, fight Amanda. Uh what are you yeah. working toward anyway? And then for yeah, I th- I don't think I had Bantamweight, but um women's you know is a mess. There's not really any right. You know what? Like Honestly, said, you know what? Fuck it. But... Let let uh let's see because Dude, Misha Tate's number eight. That's crazy. But anyway, let's have um let's, let's have Misha... Marion Renault who is ranked similar right. to that. Well, let's have Misha Tate fight Aspen Lad and then fight Amanda Nunes. She actually just got an, announced a fight, Kellen Vieira. What's Kellen Vieira ranked? Seven. Mm, okay. Well, they they just got announced a fight. If she beats Kellen Vieira, I, I I was gonna say the same thing to you, but I didn't know how how high Kellen was ranked. That yeah. fight, Kellen Vieira versus Misha Tate. Misha beats Kellen. We go, we go, we, we go for a, for a Misha Tate slaughter. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I mean, to Amanda Nunes, everyone's just everyone's just fighting to get slaughtered. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What are the What are you fighting at the end of the day to get slaughtered? Yeah. Well, oh, you, you want the belt? Well, I want I want the opportunity to share the ring with Amanda Nunes. Amanda yeah. Nunes. You know how Connor used to say, "I'm the, I'm my own belt." Amanda Nunes is going to be her is her own belt. She is her own belt. All right, uh, let's let's give our picks for uh, for next week's fight cards. Uh, the headliner is Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikadze. Um, that's going down next week at the Apex, Saturday, uh, August twenty eighth. Uh, who do you got for the first fight? It's between Mahmoud Muradov versus Gerald Mearshart. Oh, I got uh, Mearshart. Same. Um, I'm probably going to eat my words on that. Mahmoud is. You know, anyone I saw a tweet that was like anyone that with OV at the end of their name is is a fucking beast, which is like true. But um, no, I'm picking GM3. I love GM3. Yeah. And uh, next one we have is Andre Petrosky and Michael Gilmore. Yeah, this is um, another they're tough. I don't, I don't think this is for the tough like finale, uh, but they're on the tough season. I'll so go I with recognize. Mikhail Gilmore and I'll go with Mikhail Gilmore. I'm going with Andre. Okay. Uh, next fight, we have Kevin Lee and Daniel Rodriguez. Kevin Lee. Same. Same. I was, I was, mm, I thought you were going to pick D-Rod and I thought we were going to go against that. I always got to back Kevin Lee, dude. I love Kevin Lee. Uh, all right. Then our next fight is Ricky Tor- Tursos and Tur- Brady, Brady Heisen. Heisen. I'm going to go with Ricky. Ricky. I'm going to go with Ricky because, uh, the other guy's a shadow. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have, Brian Battle and Gilbert Urbina. 
Urbina for me. Yeah, me too. Dude, do you remember his story on Tough? Did you get that far? Uh, yeah, he was the one that had his uh, family like harassed by Looney Tunes characters, right? He's like a tough legacy. Both of his older brothers have gone on tough oh. and lost badly. The mm. story of him like getting through it, that would be fucking incredible. Like yeah. literally his older brother. Uh, I mean, it would make family dinners the best. Yeah. His older brother, I think his name is Hector. He mm. went on tough against Kahal Pendred. Kahal Pendred dominated him. That was the Frank Yeager season. Just absolutely roasted him. Then he gets another shot, the redemption season, which is when they brought back people who failed. Doesn't make <laughs> great because he's a middleweight and it was a welterweight fight and he didn't die before the show and they picked him first. And he was supposed to fight James Krause and he got too scared to fight James Krause. I'm also... Oh, yeah, by the way, James Krause at middleweight. Go back to Phil's question. Um, which he isn't really like. He just fought Trevin, Trevin Giles. But like, come on, dude. Anyway... Um, then his brother Elias, or Elias, if we're going to be proper, uh, fought Eric Spicely on the Joanna Kajigadelia season. Got choked out fucking real quick from Eric Spicely. So, man, like, if he wins... Let's do it. That's it. That's Pick great. Gilbert. All right. And then we got Edson versus Giga. Man, this is a... Bro, if you pick Giga, this fucking podcast is over. No, I have to pick. You know what? The omen of last night's wheel kick puts me in Barbosa's corner. Yes. Yes. Literally, uh, if you had picked Giga, I would have just stopped the recording. <laughs> Why is he? Uh, that would have been a really funny ending. No, I just like I don't think he's ready. Like he called out. He called out Max Holloway. That's that's what's getting under my skin. Mm, like after okay. his last fight, like he's an exciting striker and he's got the kickboxing and karate pedigree, and I want to see him like do big things but the fact that he fucking called that max holloway and thinks he can be max holloway bro you're not fit to make max holloway a sandwich sit down junior yeah and it's about junior it's in junior barbosa is gonna fucking um kill him he's gonna kill him hmm. barbosa can grapple too like he hasn't even really shown that he can grapple. oh no but yeah i'm very I doubt that it'll that. ever go there but if it does like if fucking giga decides that he's in a world of trouble and panic shoots on him Barbo doesn't grab a guillotine. Yep, it's gonna, gonna. Bro, imagine if that happens and I just snake it. that what? choke. Oh, I'd love it. Right, we'd have to go back to here. Um, yeah, man. Okay, well, that was the podcast. We had a lot of uh, opinions. We had a lot of funny moments. We had a lot of um, everything. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, oh, Juice, you have to shout out the patrons. Yes, I have to shout out the patrons. Um, the patrons are Callum, APB, homie. Sandy, homie. Alex from Jersey, straight homie, T Cross, homie, Filthy Casual, much homie. <laughs> Did you say much homie? Yep. Fee, homie, aka Felicia, Dave L, Filthy like MMA dude, homie, Jimmy the Drunk. All the that is a fucking cast of characters right there. That is a great fucking cast of characters. Best people in the world. The best people I know. Thank you guys for uh, using Patreon. Thank you for put, giving, you know, that sweet, sweet money to us. Thank you. It, it really helps us pay our bills. And capitalism is alive and well. 
Thank capitalism you. is alive and well. And if you That's think that capitalism is alive and well, then you would join Patreon and pay us. Thanks. You guys should follow me. Patreon for this. Oh, he's licking his mustache and giving really interesting fuck me eyes. It's not like the real, yeah. like, it's not like fuck me, fuck me. It's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, who are you? It's like, who, who is this that I'm looking at? 